All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken. Spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance Twidwell. This is the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Starcade Media Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell What's good? and Eddie Ortiz. Episode 200 is now in full swing, full motion. We are so happy to be here with you guys and for you to be here with us. Whether you are live streaming, whether you are podcasting, or whether you are YouTube, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to be with us in this time as we have so much to get to in the world of sports. And as you guys might understand or see as you're maybe some of you guys are live streaming this and you're seeing what's going on right now you might be confused as hell because as you know for the last year and change we've been doing our show on saturdays in the afternoon early late morning early afternoon time and it has fit our schedules very conveniently for the longest time and because of the fact that the nfl season gets kind of janky at the end of the season where teams start to play on saturdays every once in a while and the playoff seedings and things of that nature start to take shape and they have to move games around We have to adjust with that. And because of the fact that the Chiefs play tomorrow, Saturday, at around 3.15, we we felt it was best to get a show the day before because we want you guys to be able to consume this show before that that game kicks off. And I think it's so fitting, just before we get into the show, because we got a lot to get to, guys, but we're going to try to condense it as much as possible because we also know that it's late at night as well. We have to obviously get ready for what's going to be a a, a very important game, and there's a lot of important games this weekend. So we need to definitely rest up. And Trevor literally just got off of his his shift at his uh, place of occupation. But I thought it was awesome that we get this opportunity to do it in this format tonight for episode 200. And first and foremost, guys, hats off to you. Hats off to Trevor, Eddie, Clay for being a part of this for literally 200 episodes. Man, that is nothing short of something that I am absolutely proud of. 200 weeks. And I weeks. love it, man. 200 weeks of our lives have been dedicated to doing this. So maybe you're new to this show, or maybe you've been around since the beginning. Regardless, this is something we take a lot of pride in, and we love to do each and every time. It is something we love to do, and I cannot overemphasize that enough. But I thought it was so fitting because for the majority of this show's history... And I can say that now because we have 200 episodes to talk about. We have an historic show now. We did podcasting, strictly, where it was Friday nights, just like this. Sometimes at our other brother's apartment, our brother Brandon's apartment, because he had a lot of space. We had other shows in other places. We did remotes, things of that nature. And it was always podcasting for the majority of the time. Mm. So I thought it was really poetic that this worked out exactly like this. That our first show, our 50th show, even our 100th show, if I'm not mistaken, were all just podcasts. And I thought that was really cool that we get a little bit of a retro vibe to this, where the whether it was nighttime and we're we're all exhausted and we're just trying to use our last quarter of of gas to push through the show. Nevertheless, man, thank you guys so much for being here, man. This is this is uh this is fun, and uh, we got like I said, we got a lot to get to, guys. We're gonna talk a lot about the Week 18. We got some picks that we want to get to. We're gonna obviously talk about the Chiefs and Raiders because this is a game that has a lot, like I said, a lot going into it. The Chiefs have a lot riding on this game, and they need to take care of this one. Raiders only are really fighting for pride at this point they could try to play spoiler we're going to talk a lot about that obviously we're going to end the show with some l's as we have done in 109 
99 previous episodes. But first and foremost, man, I want to start where it matters the absolute most. So Trevor and I had a very, um, I would say, challenging Monday. Uh, we had ourselves a funeral to take care of in our personal lives, and that night we were we were spending time with family and we were having food and we obviously knew there was a magnificently big game coming up. It was the Bengals hosting the Bills and it's the biggest game of the season. We're sitting here and we're really anxiously prepared to quite frankly just get our get our minds off the things that we had been dealing with for the majority of the last two weeks. And as the game kicks off, man, you could just feel the energy in the place. The Cincinnati Bengals and their fans were ready to go, scoring an early touchdown. Beautiful pass to Tyler Boyd from Joe Burrow. Uh, Josh Allen gets the Bills into the red zone. They fail to score a touchdown, and then the Bills are driving again. And it just looks like it's going to be a high-energy, electric game. It's going to live up to the hype. And as we all know, the I don't want to say hyperbolically, but I think the single most tragic event in the history of the NFL, maybe even American sports, took place in a flash of a moment. Uh, T. Higgins catches a, a slant pattern across the middle of the field, runs right into two defenders, one of those defenders being DeMar Hamlin, the safety for the Bills, and they just kind of collide like a normal play, nothing serious, no dirty hit, no nothing going on, just very routine. Everybody gets up, looks like they're just going to move on to the next play. Good play for the Bengals. And then tragedy strikes, man. DeMar Hamlin just absolutely, he just, he gets a little woozy. He falls straight back and it looks like someone sniped him from the, from the top, from the nosebleed section. And because of all the things we've seen with Tua Tagovailoa and other players that have suffered concussions, my first thought was, oh, he has a concussion. This is serious. Got to get him to the blue tent, maybe get him to the back and see what's going on because that looked pretty damn serious. And my heart automatically went to him. But I, when they went to commercial break, I was not... Under the, under the belief or under the impression whatsoever that when we got back, I'd hear Joe Buck and Troy Aikman passing it back to Susie Kohlberg and Booger McFarland and Adam Schefter back into the, the studios because they're literally giving this guy CPR on the field. They're trying to resuscitate this man. Had no idea that was going to be the case. And I'll be honest with you, I don't want to speak for anybody else and what you guys were experiencing at that time, but Trevor, our whole family were together, and the first thing that we started talking about was how are they going to play football after this? This man's literally fighting for his life on the damn field. His teammates are bawling their eyes out. Josh Allen looked like like he just had the most tragic event of his entire life. Dude's weeping. His mom Tra in the stands. Yeah, Trey White's weeping. Yeah. Uh, all these guys are just weeping. Joe Burrow's out there trying to comfort Josh Allen. The, it, 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 it's bad enough when the whole team comes out there. But when both teams are on the field, you know it's bad, man. It's bad, bad. And Josh McDermott and Zach Taylor handled it beautifully, as the head coach is saying. we got to get these guys off the field. And according to reports, Zach Taylor said that jo Sean McDermott, he pulled him over, said, I need to be with DeMar. Yeah. I can't coach my team, man. There's just no way I can do this. Mm -hmm. So they pull everybody out, which was genius because it gave them the opportunity to get the ambulance out of the way so there wouldn't be no traffic jams because they told the crowd, hey, we got to close the game down. Everyone's going to start flooding and just trying to get out. So it was a very smart move on their behalf to, to give them like 25, 30 minutes to get a, get a head start. Um, but it was just the most tragic event I, I think I've ever seen. And, and I know, Eddie, you've mentioned soccer things. I know Denmark's uh, Ericsson uh, literally died on the field. They resuscitated him. Dale Somehow, Arnhardt. someway, that game continued. Senior. Yeah, I mean, there, yeah, we've seen tragedies like this, similar to this before yeah. in, in, in other sports. But it really hit home in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to just talk about the tragedy too much because, as we know, there's been some incredible news come out today about DeMar Hamlin making a full recovery, which is something I, I was not anticipating, but I was really hoping, everybody was hoping for, which is everything we wanted, clearly. But I want to I give credit, man, to where credit is due. 
from, like I said, the coaching staff on both sides taking action, from the from the production teams to the ESPN, and like I said, they handled it so well. Booger McFarlane was out there preaching the gospel when it came to talking about things like this. The, his somber tones, it wasn't fake. It wasn't like sold, and it, it, it didn't feel you know like he was just trying to manufacture something. It, it felt like a, a former player talking about the dark shit that goes on in this sport and the risks they take. Adam Schefter being very careful with his words. Joe Buck and Trey Aikman handled it very well. But more importantly, it was the medical professionals that saved DeMar Hamlin's life in this instance. And in particular, Denny Kellington, uh, he, he is uh, one of the medical professionals for the uh, Buffalo Bills, instantly, with less than a minute's time, noticed that he needed to perform CPR on uh, DeMar Hamlin on the field and got his heart back going, got him oxygen within seconds. That is nothing short of a hero. Dan, Denny Killington is a hero. The, the doctors at the University of Cincinnati Hospital are heroes. They saved this kid's life. 24 years old. And, and, and of course, when things like this happen, something even close to this type of tragedy happens, we start to learn more about the man. I'll be honest, I didn't know anything about Tamar Hamlin. I didn't know he was from Pittsburgh. I didn't know he was a six-round pick. I didn't know he'd been fighting for his career. I didn't know he grew up rough as hell. I didn't know that Mike Tomlin knew him since he was 12 years old. I didn't know a lot of this stuff, but man, I was eating this up because it, it really brings the humane side it of this to... humanizes the game. Yeah, yeah. It, it really shows you just how these are people, mm-hmm. and we have to value these people. So that was the forefront of all of this. And, 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 and I know we give out W's and L's and things like that at the end of the show, but man, I want to do something unprecedented. I think, it's, I think it's perfect for episode 200. I'm giving a W to all the people that were involved that saved DeMar's life, and that includes DeMar Hamlin because he fought. And, and to see Sean McDermott, the coach of the Bills, and Josh Allen weeping yesterday on the press conference talking about how he's making a recovery and being able to, to, to see him. And today, you know, he's flexing on the camera in front of his team. He's giving out the heart the heart symbols. You know, he's telling the guys, I love you guys. The first words that reverberate or the first words he writes down yesterday when he's finally conscious is, did we win the game? Yeah. Like, it, it almost felt like a movie-like script. When I read that, I was like, man, there ain't no way that really just happened. And the doctor said, yeah, you won the game of life. Like, if that doesn't make you get emotional and just and, and make you realize just how big this all is, how much this game matters to humans. I mean, we're fans. We love this game. But this is their life. The first thing that comes out of Hamlin's mouth is, did we win the game? Like, that's powerful, dude. It gave me chills. It gives me chills just thinking about it now. So first and foremost, off the top of the show... I'm handing out dubs, man, to to the people that put that that kept this from being an even more catastrophic tragedy because it was already tough as it was. It was such a profound situation, and for these people to save his life and step up, man, this is why medical professionals need to be need to be praised and need to be given the credit they deserve. Because just a couple years ago, man, we're criticizing these people and we're saying that these people are doing wild shit. These are the same people that are saving people's lives every single day, and Demar Hamlin is one of those people. So we need to give them credit for what they do, man, because. Because, like I said, it could be a much darker situation we're dealing with had those people not done what they had done and as quickly as they did it. Yep. But with all this, um, I have to transition. I have to segue from all the, you know, the uplifting, beautiful storylines that came from all this. Because obviously, that game did not get played. And according to the NFL, it's not going to get played at all. It's going to be canceled. And... I told Eddie, I told Trevor, that day after this all happened, I'm like, guys, look, obviously Hamlin's health is the most important part of all this, but there is still football to be played, and I think this needs to be a no contest. 
And so, in my mind, coming into this week, I'm thinking the NFL is just going to do the right thing. They're just going to tell these teams, hey, look, either you reschedule this game this week. I know it sucks, but you're going to have to reschedule this game. If you don't want to play it, if you both agree to it, if the Bills just simply don't want to play it because they're not in the right state of mind, that's fine. But you're going to play 16 games, and then week 18 is going to determine the outcome of the seedings going the way they do. I'm under the assumption the NFL is going to do the right thing. And then I realized how naive I am because... That isn't what the NFL has decided to do. Instead, the NFL decided to make a spaghetti uh, out of the scenarios that the NFL playoffs are going to have after week 18. Now, I'm sure most of you have already seen the scenarios and how they're going to play this out in the AFC side of things, so I don't want to go through all of it and break it all down by detail by detail, but I'm going to give you the overview, and then I'm going to go off on the NFL for a minute. Because the NFL has absolutely contradicted themselves by the basis by the law of what they've created as a league so according to several sources field yates ian rapaport adam Schefter, go down the list of all the guys that are connected and the nfl and themselves uh this is how the nfl afc championship will be played out based on week 18's results so they're saying it's based on week 18 but we all know because that game is canceled that is the real reason why they're even doing this to begin with if buffalo and kansas city win this weekend Buffalo and KC's AFC Championship, if they were to face, would be at a neutral site. If Buffalo and KC lose, and Cincinnati loses or ties, a Buffalo-Kansas City AFC title game would be also at a neutral site. And if Buffalo and KC lose and Cincinnati wins, a Buffalo or Cincinnati-Kansas City AFC Championship would be a neutral site. In other words, the NFL has decided to take away the incentive of being the one seed in the AFC this year. In other words, the NFL is deciding, hey Chiefs, we understand that you had nothing to do with what took place in Cincinnati on Monday night, but now you're going to have to have a tougher road of getting back to the Super Bowl. Just because. Now I know, there's a lot of people out there that are saying, well, you know, and, 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 this, and this sucks because a lot of people I really respect and, I, and I, I very much look up to and I've aspired to be like over the last 10, 12 years are saying the same things that are dry. Trevor, Eddie, I feel like I'm going fucking crazy when I hear this. I heard Nick Wright. I heard several, several people even in the, in the local area like Nate Taylor. You know, if you really think about it, this is the best opportunity or the best scenario the NFL could have gone with. Since when did changing the rules mid-season come out as the best scenario possible? I understand this is an unprecedented situation. We've never experienced something like this. We've asked that at the top. But the NFL literally had rules for this scenario in place. That's what makes it bad. Agreed yeah. upon. Yeah. CBAs, NFLPA, NFL, all agreed on them. And I'll read you the rule. NFL rulebook, competitive policy for canceled games. Quote, if a game is canceled, a team standing in its division or in its conference shall be determined on the basis of its final record. When necessary, playoff tiebreakers shall be calculated according to per-game averages for all teams. In other words... Winning percentage would be the ultimate factor in how teams are seeded if a game is canceled. You notice that it doesn't say if it's canceled for this reason, it'll be determined by this. If it's canceled for this reason, it's determined for that. No, it is just simply that, black and white. If it is canceled, you go by win percentage. 
You don't change the rules in the middle of the season. I know. I've had a ton of people coming at me today saying, Lance, this is because you're mad you're a Chiefs fan. No, because honestly, if you really look at it, it isn't the Chiefs that are getting boned the hardest. Yeah. It's the Bengals and Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. They got screwed. Yeah. I'm mad for them because in the Chiefs aspect of the reason I am pissed for the Chiefs because they, if they beat the Raiders this week, they will get the one seed in the first round bye, which right. is nice. Right, right. But guess what, guys? More than likely, the Chiefs aren't playing an AFC Championship game at home. And there's there's 18 possible outcomes for the AFC Championship, right? 18 possible. Yeah. 11 of them do have the Chiefs hosting the AFC Championship at home. Right. That's still seven scenarios of them not, which takes away the validity and the incentive of being the number one seed. Because what did we know when we had, we had the two first-run buys, they changed it from two to one, that it's that much more imperative if you're going to get that. Now... Best case scenario, more realistic scenario, the Chiefs are going to have one home game. And I heard Nate Taylor saying, you know, I don't have any sympathy for Chiefs fans because you're not playing a road game. Dude, a neutral game is not a home game. That's not the point, though. That's not the point. The point is the NFL is changing the rules on the fly to help the Bills. That is it. This is, an it's emotional, a this is an emotional decision. It's an emotional decision. Thank you. It's them saying, hey, we're sorry a tragedy happened, yeah. and we all are. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it justifies you changing the rules that are set in place. You want to change the rules? Next CBA, figure that out. Yeah. But you know what I'm sick of? And I'm just going to say it. I'm sick of rules being changed for the Buffalo Bills. What did we see yeah. in 2018? Yeah. Chiefs losing the overtime when they didn't get a chance to score or touch the ball. Yeah. We asked for them to change the rule. They didn't fucking do it. Three years later, the Chiefs benefit off that same rule, and the Bills are the ones that took the L. Then they want to change the fucking rule. Now we're sitting here changing the fucking rules again for the same team. And the Bengals had no opportunity. You want to get technical? How about the Bills? How about the Bengals get a fucking W for that game? You want to get technical about it? You want to start changing shit up? They had the lead, and both teams had a possession. They're the ones that scored a touchdown, they're the ones that were driving. I'm pissed off, man. And I'm again, it's not even about being the Chiefs, because more than likely the Chiefs are going to benefit off of this. It's about the integrity of the game. I get that this tragedy sucks, but tragedies happen, and you have to adjust to them. That doesn't mean you bend or change the rules as a league. They had a golden opportunity here, and they squandered it. You could have said, Bills, you're playing 16 games. Bengals, you're playing 16 games. Chiefs win this week 18. They're getting the one seed first round by AFC Championship. It goes to Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. Dry throat. Sorry. Pissed off. But I, 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 I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. I want to get your thoughts on this. If you've not subscribed to our YouTube channel, hit it and let us know what you think on the chat. I want to hear your thoughts. You guys obviously know how I feel about this. It's pretty clear. Roger Goodell's been hiding behind it. <coughs> Roger Goodell's. Finally coming to light on uh, NFL Network tonight with uh, MJ Acosta Ruiz. She's lobbing up these softball questions that I guarantee you they rehearsed. He's over here literally reading off of like a teleprompter to the right. He's not even looking at the camera. He's like, and this is how the Ravens are going to, if the Ravens win. He's like literally reading. I'm laughing as I'm watching this shit. It's a, it's a sham. It's a scam. It's a fucking joke. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, even though I've talked to you about some of the things that I thought were awfully convenient, like Willie Gay getting conveniently suspended to miss the Bills game and then has to come back the next week. Found that really convenient. Uh, nevertheless, having this situation being like this, guys, I don't think this is the case. If... The Chiefs or another team or somebody else in the mix would have had a player have that same situation. I don't think they change it. I think they change it because the Bills are who the Bills are this season. They're trying to 
catapult this team forward. You can't tell me that this isn't something that there's something stinky about this. I don't want to get too far down into the the, the thick of it, the weeds of it, but at this point, man, yeah. I don't know what to think about how the NFL is doing things. I don't know if I can trust them right now as a league because they're doing things like this on the fly, which is just totally and again, it's got other people buying in. I don't know if they're the networks are telling these guys just to play ball, like Nick right now. I don't, I don't want to say that their integrity is not intact, but it just felt really weird that everyone's saying this is the best possible scenario when it clearly wasn't. Mm. They could have just kept it as is and played according to the fucking rules. And they didn't do that. And now teams like the Ravens are getting boned. Teams like the Bengals are getting boned. Where they're like, hey, you you won your division. Congratulations. But there's a chance you have to play on the road. And you may not even play a home game in the playoffs. How does that make sense? How do you give a team the one seed? Or they earn the one seed, but they only may play one home game in, in the realistic scenario. And the Bengals may not play a home game, even though they won their division. You guys help me out. Help me out. Yeah, I mean... I have a problem. I, 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 with things like this, this is a business. This is a company. Um, and there's always exceptions to rules. Typically, there's always an exception to damn near any rule you can find. Um, but in ironclad things like this, where is it just a freak thing that happened? There, I, don't, I, never, I never really understood why emotions should alter the, uh, the, 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 the integrity, as you would say, for the postseason. That's where I had my biggest grief because I don't understand why anyone else sh should suffer because of this tragic thing that possibly was, you know, there was a life that was arguably on the line. It was a freak thing. And I just don't understand why the entire uh, structure of the postseason should be altered because of that. And and the irony or the, the, not irony, but the fact that it is the Bills, the team that is benefiting this, um, well... Whether or not we we think that scenario is you know with the the you know um, meeting on a, a you know on a, on a on a field where neither team or a home team in the in the AFC Championship if the Bills make it, granted there are more opportunities for them not to, for that scenario not to take place than there are for it to take place, um, and we don't even know if the I mean the Bills could very well lose to the Patriots this weekend as well a team that's trying to win and be in um a lot of motivation there so i mean with the bills who knows how they're going to show up how they're going to play um they i'm sure they'll be motivated uh knowing that their their homeboy is alive and we are all happy about that um it's just, it's a strange scenario because um i'm i'm in a way rooting for the bills as a fan of the sport rooting for them to succeed after that happened to them but at the same time with the league making us dislike them for the favoritism that they've received in this emotional and i'll say again emotional decision to change a rule that is ironclad and is in the rule book um, just to alter that just because of an emotional situation um, it just feels it feels very just dirty. Ele elementary not even dirty just element it feels like lack of integrity lack of knowledge lack of just care for the rest of the league that's what it feels like it is and it, I, I just feels like this these this is the this is all the all the mind meld running the show all the you know the suits running this show running this incredible business that is the shield very respected company and very respected entity in the sports realm this is the best you can come up with it just that's just like maybe they're not as smart as we give them credit for like you said you you give them maybe a little too much credit it, it just it, it really just honestly just shits on the plate of everyone else that uh, that outside of the bills fans and i've heard some bills fans coming out and say that they, they, they you know uh uh this actually is not very helpful in there and for them and, and it, 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 that makes zero sense there's no way of the bills being slighted here they've been you've been gifted an olive branch um 
you know, to have some kind of advantage still when you, you I mean, listen, and we're, we're talking as if the one seed is, is solidified yet. It is not. No, it's the not. Chiefs still you. The Chiefs still very much need to go win. The Bills still very much need to go win. The Bengals still very much go and win. I, it's been a long time since a Week 18 or a Week 17 game. You know, the, the last game of a season has mattered this much to this many teams in the AFC. You know what I mean? It's crazy how many things could shift. If the Bengals if, if Bengal lose to the Ravens, a lot of things shift. If the Patriots beat the Bills, a lot of things shift. You know what I mean? There are a lot of things in flux. If the Chiefs win or lose, so many things seeding-wise could go in so many different ways. Um, it's just, it is strange that, you know, tragic it was, the situation that happened in that game on Monday night, should not, you know, cause this much of a, a grievance or, a, or an issue Especially for the Bengals, like you said. I mean, the Bengals are the ones getting screwed the most here because they they were, were on pace to win that game. Regardless, it was the first quarter or the first half of that game. It is what it is. But we all knew, like, who had that rhythm in that game. But uh, I know – I'm very confident that the Chiefs will still host the, the AFC Championship game. I'm, I am confident in that. I know that that, 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 determined, that is determined by extracurricular or extra things on the outside that have to happen in our favor. But the fact that we have to bank on that – this shouldn't even be an argument in the first place, right? This should—if we win the one seed, this shouldn't even this shouldn't even be a discussion. It should be held whether the Chiefs have found success at home or on the road. More obviously, we're a good road team. You know, throughout Patrick Mahomes' career, he's been an crazy, been arguably better on the road than he has been at home. And the Bengals beat us at home last year. That's nonetheless. It, if we win this outright, fair and square. And I yes, I say fair and square because if it's a no contest, that has nothing to do with the Chiefs. And you know what? The Chiefs are doing their job. We played one extra game than the Bills have, regardless of the situation. And, and, and one one thing that I have to add to this is the reason why this is a no contest to begin with mm. is because obviously the tragedy that happened on the they field. They chose to go. Nobody that blames route. them for not playing that night. Right. Nobody. In fact, of they course. made the right decision. Of course. But the fact is, the Bills had a chance to play that game again. Right. And they turned it down. Right. So again. What that tells me is the NFL is telling us because of the Bills' decision to the not resume that game at a later date, yeah. we're going to punish everybody else. Because, again, bringing the Bengals back, I'm not even making this about the Chiefs. Listen, because yeah. Trevor's point is 100% valid, is that now we're now the Chiefs have to bank on things that is unprecedented for the one seeds to bank on. Right. Once you get the one a seed, it should be a wrap. A newly created scenario that has yeah, nothing to well, do with us. we got to have them lose, and then they got to have a coin toss, and they yeah. got to do... No, it should be one seed, you get this. Yeah. It's that simple. But for some reason, they want to change it this year. And to the point about the Bengals, they... Honored and respected everything that has happened so far. They, Sean McDermott, I can't coach this game. No problem. Zach, let's get off the field. We're not playing tonight. Decisions were made. They respected it. They honored it. They played along. And what happens? The NFL bones them mm. by not even allowing them to get an opportunity to win the two seed, let alone the one seed. Yeah. Like, they didn't even get a chance now. Yeah. So, what was the point of doing this? Yeah. You tell the Bills, either you play the game later on. Or you don't play, and now you suffer the consequences of falling to the three seed if if the Bengals and Chiefs win their games. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's, decisions were made, and now emotional feels from the league are for some reason, you know, pond or pandering to the Bills for some reason. It is it is? I'm not a I'm not a uh, uh, you know one of those guys that thinks that you know the league is working in favor of one team or the other um, because we've heard some things for the Chiefs. You know, going in favor as far as us getting all the calls and things like that, like from the outside looking in objectively. And look, we all have our rose-colored glasses, our our red and gold-colored glasses for the Chiefs. A lot of times on the takes and things like that, the way we feel emotionally attached to the team, whatever. But I tend to be objective, and objectively, this is wrong. It is wrong objectively for the league to do that for a team. 
because they are literally pandering to the Bills to make it soften the blow if they lose the one seed. That's literally what happened here. Yep. Because I know it's a neutral field and they won't be at home even if they go to the AFC, but it takes the advantage of the team that worked their ass off to, to earn that one seed mm-hmm. to get there, whether it's Kansas City or, or Bengals or whatever. You know what I mean? So... Listen, because the Bengals had a chance to win that game, and if the Chiefs lose the next week, they have a chance to take that one seed still. You know what I mean? So they got they got boned hard in my mind. I feel bad for them more than I do because I still think the Chiefs are going to be hosting the AFC Championship because I just that's how I feel right now with the trajectory of where the Bills are going, where the Bengals are going. Either way, I think we win this week. I think we take care of business. But it, it, this is just a unprecedented thing and an unfair advantage that was given to a team that didn't earn it. Tragedy struck their team, and now they're getting a benefit from it. And that's just to, to break rules and to create a new one for an emotional thing that happened in the game. Look, we all know we have the human response to those things. We all were we were all were with the Bills and decision, like you said, to to not play that game. But at the same time, the integrity must remain intact. They made a grown man decision. They made a grown human being decision uh, to not play that game. And now we're having an emotional gift given to them because of that decision. I think the decision was made, and we should live with the result of that. The Chiefs, if we go out here and win this one seed, we should not be penalized for that. That's where I'm at. The fact that the Bengals and the Ravens, I think, are the most impacted by this decision is is crazy. I I think both of those teams got completely screwed because the Bengals, like you said, they could have gotten the one seed. Had they they beat the Bengals and they beat the Ravens, had the Chiefs lost to either the Broncos or to the Raiders Raiders uh, tomorrow. Yep. The Bengals could have literally taken the one seed. It it's crazy to me, and now you hand the the Bengals a title that they didn't win. Obviously, they could have won it last week yeah. if, if they won. But had they lost that game to the Bills, the Ravens had a chance to beat them on the Sunday division. and win the division. Yeah. It is fucking insane yeah. how, like, how fucked up that is for both of those teams. Like, I bet the Bengals are like. We're division champions, but it doesn't feel like it because if we win or if the rate if we lose, we have to fucking do a coin toss. Yeah, and that's... see where we're gonna play. <laughs> Even though we won the division, we can play a, a, an away game in the play. Like that is so insane to me. Yeah, I, I get the one seat thing. It's a whole the whole the, the whole thing. Uh, I'm not I'm not too concerned or too worried about that it, it is what it is uh it's going to be a neutral site but at the same time chiefs are still going to technically be home in that game if they were to to secure the one seat this weekend but it's still kind of fucked up taking a, a, a game away from a team that earned the right to host a a a, a championship game at their at their house yeah and I feel like I, I'd be more okay if it was like a, if they took the NFC race and the AFC race and made it that whatever the NFC championship game and the AFC championship game both were on neutral sites. Neutral they just, sites. Then it, it but, it's, but it said it's only for the Bills. Yeah. That's that's so that's Yeah, because just, if the Chiefs were to lose early in the playoffs, right. the Bills would host the AFC championship. Right. For the Chiefs. And the, but I'm saying I'm saying but they don't the have to go to Arrowhead. This is happening that, that's is because they're going to have one more win than the but, Bills. But same for the Chiefs. Though. The the Bills lose in the playoffs. The the Chiefs get to host the, the yeah, championship. Yeah, yeah. But the Chiefs. But the Chiefs. But the Chiefs outright earned that though. You know well, what I'm I saying? Get it, like, I get it. Yeah, yeah. The Bengals were a part of that shitty situation. That sucks. But if the, the Chiefs win, we win the outright anyways. Because they, even if they won and they won this the Bengal or the Ravens game, it doesn't matter because we took care of our business. We yeah, won yeah. the outright. So. Yeah, it, it's just I, in favor just, of the Bills only. That's what's odd yeah, here. It, yeah. Uh, I don't know what else 
uh, we expected the NFL to do. I know we expected them to do uh, a, a better outcome, better scenario, but the rules that were in place. It, it is it is the NFL. Uh, when these scenarios came out, I was like, uh, "This has got to be fake." I can't. And then I sent it to you because Adam Schefter tweeted it. I was like, yeah. "Oh shit, okay, so uh, it might be a real thing." And then Adam Schefter pretty much said, "Like, yeah, this is the proposal for the NFL." And then the owners voted on on that today, and they approved it. So it's it's crazy to me how they just changed the rules like like that. Like Trevor says, an, an emotional uh, out, like it, it's they're doing it uh, because they feel bad. Yeah, exactly. They feel bad for what happened. I understand as a human being. Like I feel terrible uh, yes. for what happened. It, it's it's bad. Yeah. But at the same time, you have rules in place for this specific situations. Yeah. It is. Uh, uh, I'll bring up uh, Christian Eriksen from Denmark. That game uh, obviously stopped. Uh, they had to resuscitate him on the field, uh, take him to the hospital and all that. Within an hour's time, FIFA pretty much says, like, or UEFA was like, you have to resume the match. Why did they resume the match? Because that match was so important because it was a World Cup qualifying match. So if Denmark won... They would have had to uh, advance to like the championship round to to see if they they advanced to to the World Cup. Wow. So it was a very important match. So it still had to be played. Obviously, Denmark won because Denmark ended up going to the World Cup. But there was rules in place even for situations like this. It sucked. It sucked for the player. I, I understand that the players didn't want to play this, and and and, and I, I I'm totally on board with that. The bad juju attached yeah, to it. Yeah, I, I'm totally on board yes. with that. Yeah. But. At the same time, you still have uh, to maintain like uh, the integrity, the integrity of the game. As as fucked up as it sounds, and, and a lot of people criticize FIFA, a lot of people criticize UEFA for doing for uh, pretty much times like yeah, you have to go out there and play again. But at the same time, you have to look at the bigger picture. It was it was going to affect the, the an entire tournament that was going that was obviously we we had the World Cup, mm. so it was going to affect the outcome of that. So, this this game obviously was going to affect the playoffs in a drastic way. It could it could it could move the 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 Bengals to the second second seed, and then they were hoping to that the Chiefs lose a game or something like that. You know, potentially move to the first seed. Buffalo goes down to the third seed. It it, it would have been a drastic swing like that. And uh, yeah, I I just don't understand why we didn't stick to the rules in this situation. Uh, I. Yeah, I just look. I, I'm going to say it too. Like, even as a Chiefs fan, say this is the Chiefs in this scenario, you know, and they made that choice to benefit the Chiefs. Can you guys imagine with all the I Patrick Mahomes? It, uh, you know, imagine the backlash that we, all exactly. the other, other teams would be saying about the Chiefs. Oh, Patrick Mahomes, the already, golden boy. Yeah, they're already. Saying I'm just this. saying, even a Chiefs yeah, they fan, think we got away with something now. If, if like, this, but I mean, even if they made this decision in favor of us. I wouldn't like this. That's what I'm because trying to say. I, I, I think the integrity of the league should remain intact. Thank and it, you. And they lost that. Thank they lost you. us so much respect now, among the league. Because now man. NFL teams and the NFLPA are all going to go. Well, what about our situation? You know, what 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 is the line drawn? Mm. Because next year, if something happens to another team, maybe not as significant, but you know, they they deem it as a tragedy for their team or a massive loss as a player. Mm. Or can they say, well? You know, this is going to mess with things. You know, maybe we can mess with the seating again. What's to stop it? Because once you open up Pandora's box, man, once you yeah. let that toothpaste out, that's hard to put it back in the tube. Right, like, right. So where do you draw the line, though? Say, that's say, what I'm saying. Say this scenario is going on. Say the Bills were a team that was possibly on the verge of missing the playoffs due to that game. 
say where do we draw the line? So if, if if say if they were like working just to get in, you know, as a wild card team, and everyone was they, the Patriots. they were still yeah they yeah. were still the darling, the Bills were still the darling, and 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 Josh Allen was still the darling to win the MVP at the beginning of the season. Everyone's been rolling with them all year. They want to see them succeed. Are we going to give them a shoe into the postseason now because of this situation? Yeah. Where does the emotional, you know, narrative stop here? Where's the right. line drawn? So say they were this was win or in it or or you know losing your out kind of situation. Do, then do they replay that game? Right. You know what I mean? So it's like it, it's it's just strange. My, you know. My I mean? thing and the thing that I kept telling Lance throughout the week was uh, there's a week between the 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 AFC Championship NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl which is the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not a lot of people pay attention to the Pro Bowl because how do we know that? Well, it, it is completely different this year. There's actually no it's a game. flag football. Yeah. There's actual. There's an actual. There's actually no, no real game football, now. yeah. Yeah, so uh, you had an entire week where you can move the entire uh, uh, playoffs back one week. I know it sucks, but you could create that uh, extra week, uh, probably uh, potentially move week 18 to uh, uh, create it at a week 19. And this weekend would have been a, a, a Bengals-Bills kind of game. You would have had almost a week to, to recover from uh, such, a, such a tragedy as a team, you know, uh, and, and try and move forward. And I, I think the NFL missed that opportunity, in my opinion, as well, because that, 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 that would have been a, a, a better situation than what we're currently in well, right now. And again, that is a better situation. But that still goes against what they've what they've established as a league with the rules so even that even though it is more logical it's still against the rules yeah. the nfl broke their own rules and it didn't have to like trevor said yes it's a very it's a very sad story what happened hamlin yeah. very much could have died permanently he yeah. did die on the field but he was yeah. resuscitated yeah and he flatlined again at the hospital thank you but but now we are in a position where you got to get back to the game that doesn't mean you change the game that's yeah. not how this goes and you know, I, I saw Zach Taylor, uh, Kelsey Conway, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals uh, reporter for the Inquirer uh, earlier tweeted today, Zach Taylor on the playoff scenario, quote, what's in front of us is to win the, this weekend. From what I'm concerned, we just want the rules to be followed. Bengals not happy NFL changing the rules and not getting and not going by winning percentage. Quote, it's black and white. It's in the rule book, end quote. Yep. So Zach Taylor himself, the guy that's been classy this entire time, Bengals been classy this entire time, are now looking at it going, Yo, how are you going to do this to us? We literally played the classy game with you guys to help the Bills yeah. to get through this tragedy. And now you're going to bonus like this? Like, what the fuck did you... So now, again, with the whole scenario I painted about what if this happens again, where you draw the line, what if this What if this exact same thing, and I hope it doesn't, what if this exact same thing happens in 25 years from now? Some team's going to look back at the Bengals in 2023 and go, yeah, fuck that. Tough shit. We're playing the game in two days. Tell them. We're playing the game. We're yeah. not supporting this yeah. because they got boned. Those guys got screwed. We're not going through that. Are they wrong? No. The Bengals did the classy thing, <laughs> to be honest, and it screwed them. That's far less complicated than what they just did. That's such a more straightforward thing. Just t- get rid of the Pro Bowl. Tough shit, yeah. Take away, the pro, take, and, take away that Pro Bowl week. But, you know what I mean? And, 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 and replay that game. Well, I don't know, man. Like it's Another situation that could have happened is uh, if, the, if the Bills refused to play that game, as to some reports are, are, are saying that the Bills did not want to play that game. Which for, is well within the right. Yeah. Forfeit the game. Yeah. They, yeah. they forfeit the game, give the W to the opposing team. Yeah. Because, Why are we moving things for the Bills? Yeah, like why didn't the Bengals get that W if the if the Bills forfeited that game? Thank pretty you. much. 
It, it it's is, like the it NFL is, is afraid to be the is, bad guys Regardless here. of what we think, when it comes down to, it is special treatment. Yes. Yeah. Hey, one team in the league got special treatment the over NFL everyone else. Guys. And I, yeah. I want to clarify, this is not about the Chiefs. This is more about the Bengals they, and yeah, the Ravens. We've been talking about the Bengals almost this entire time. This is about the Bengals and the Ravens getting fucked. Like, like yeah. I said, the Ravens had an opportunity to potentially win the division had the Bengals lost the game because they're playing this weekend. Mm-hmm. They had a potential. They had the opportunity to win the division. Now it's kind of like, well, the Bengals are the champions, so all you're doing Sunday is just playing for fun. And if you face in the in the in the wild card round, we'll flip a coin. Yeah, the NFL yeah. over the NFL made That's a fucking the NFL made a, yeah. a a difficult situation even more difficult. They didn't way more complicated. This. Yeah, it's way more it, complicated. Like if you if you sat there and broke this down about the scenarios that can play out, your brain hurts after the second one. Yeah. you're like, wait, what? Like, how does this work? They could have just simplified it, kept it as is. Said Bills, like you said, Eddie. Bills, you play the game or you don't. If it, it is well within your right because you guys had a tragedy on your field, mm-hmm. on the field. But if you don't want to play this game because it, it's like freedom of speech, you're free to say whatever you want, but you're not free of consequence. Yeah. So you're free to not play the game, but you're not free of a forfeit. So that's like you said, you take the L. And then you move forward, and the Bengals get it. They clinch their division, but the Ravens, or they, yeah, they clinch their division, but the Ravens still have an opportunity it's to go up and seeding. You know what I'm saying? Like it's there's equal, opportunities it's equal, here. It's equal opportunity, but not equal outcome. Thank you. 100%. Because with Chiefs, everyone else is playing one more game than both of those teams, but the fact that they chose to not play that game, those two teams have to deal with that in their own way. And the league has to allow either them to replay the game or just the fact that it is benefiting one team here. When two teams forfeited that game and called that game. Only one team is getting a benefit there. Why? Right. Why? Why is that? That's not fair to the Bengals in any way, dude. If I'm a Bengals fan, I am so furious. Out of all the scenarios, crazy. it literally benefits just the Bills. Yeah. Like, literally. Yeah. And people can uh, people can talk about the neutral field not even actually benefiting them because they're not going to get a home game there either if they if they say they face the Chiefs. But this fucks the fans over a lot, too, because now, now fans could travel. be – I know, I know, I know the league is exhausted with us hosting AFC championships. Deal with it. We, we win games. I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? We're not – the situation didn't happen to us. It happened to the Bills, and they're getting a gift because they didn't play a game. Right. That makes no well, sense to me. And how about we look at it from a revenue standpoint? If you don't play this game in Kansas City, Kansas City as a city loses millions right. in revenue. Right. All the right. people, the traveling, the purchasing, going to shopping franchise, before the, and after sure. the games, hotel expenses, shot, restaurants. We're all – Kansas City takes a hit. If that game doesn't get played in Kansas City, that's something they bank on. Mm-hmm. So you're screwing so many people over like we talked about just to move the goalposts for one fucking team. It looks like they're giving them an olive branch because they did beat us in the regular season. So the fact that we are most likely going to win the one seat here and the way that their their game went down, it feels like they're just trying to find a happy medium and then a, a neutral site if we meet it, if we meet them in the AFC Championship game is like the happy medium. And this is why I wanted this game to be played out so badly. Because... A finality in all this would put it to bed. Do I believe the Bengals are going to win that game? Yep. I I picked them, and they were playing like they were going to win that game. But I know everyone's going to say, well, there was only like seven minutes played. True. But the point remains, the game was called. It was canceled. Not just the night of, three nights later. So... You can't tell me that finality couldn't have played its way into the equation. It was like it was against the Bills' will to want to play that game. They called it. And then, the, and then the Bengals followed suit and out of respect. The Bengals were like, yeah, it, it's up to you guys. But the Bengals didn't do this thinking, yeah, we're going to let you guys in. Which is okay. Which is okay. Which is fine. We were, we were with them. We didn't think they should play the game either. Right. But decisions come with outcomes. And, dis- and with decisions come Now, for, hey, for the record, if the Bills would have came out and said, no, we do want to play the game, I would have been in full support of that. 
But I was like, there ain't no way the Bills are going to want to play this game. There ain't no way they're going to try to sandwich their the final two games in like a six-day window. Yeah. So they're not going to do it. So that's yeah. why I was saying, Eddie, they're just going to no contest it. What did I always say? But they got to keep it as is. And it was very, it was right there for the NFL to do it, mm-hmm. and they didn't do it. They squandered it. Let us know what you guys think about this. Uh, I know there's a lot, a lot of people have come at me on Twitter and on Facebook since I've been posting my opinions on this. I'm not backing down from it. I'm not trying to be Mr. Skip Bayless here where I'm going to say I'm not taking the tweet down. I think this is the fair and balanced way. I think this is the most. I'm sorry. I like the idea of the NFL holding, maintaining the rules. I, that's call me. All right, yeah. I, I, I guess I'm being an asshole to the Bills or being insensitive. Even though I've spent the last like three or four days like praising the fact that Hamlin's or Hamlin's getting better and better. Point being, I just want to see the NFL maintain integrity, whether that's the Chiefs having the one seed or the Chiefs having the four seed. I don't give a damn. I just want to see the NFL maintain integrity because that way I can give them at least that respect and saying, well, you know what? This is an unforeseen circumstance. It sucks. It's unprecedented. But the NFL knew what to do. No, they didn't. They failed. Absolutely failed in this regard. And I can only hope it doesn't screw a quality product that they have each and every year in the playoffs because, man, this is what we look forward to every single season, man, is the playoff time. It's the best time of the sports calendar, man. And I just... I really hope they don't screw it up, man, because I'm really much, I'm very much looking forward to it. Because the AFC is about as good as it's ever been, and I don't want to see that get squandered or, or the the focus be taken off of that, or another team given a pathway to walk into what I know the NFL deep down wants them to do. But I'm not going to get too deep into that. But like I said, let me know what you guys think about this. Hit us up on our YouTube channel. Give it, give us your thoughts. We've had a ton of feedback so far, but we want to get more if you have your thoughts and opinions on this. Um, I want to get to some Week 18 NFL picks. This is our final regular season um, segment of doing this. Pretty sad. Uh, the season's flown by, but like I said, it, at the same time, it's bittersweet because the playoffs are about to kick in, and that's the best time. But uh, there's a few uh, matchups that still have a lot of indications uh, because teams still are fighting to get to the playoffs, fight for the division, fight for the wild card, what have you. I want to start with the Titans and Jaguars. This game is in Jacksonville. The Jaguars are six and a half point favorites. The over/under is only thirteen and a half. The Titans are getting really healthy in this game. Uh, Derrick Henry will play. D'Amico Autry is going to play. Looks like Hooker is going to play. Tannehill's out. Tannehill is out, which means that Dobbs is going to play. And Dobbs actually wasn't bad last week. I'll yeah. give him credit for a first game. Eight eight days on the team. He went out there and played pretty well, Making considering the throws. fact he didn't have Traylon Burks. He didn't have any of these. Traylon Burks will be back this week as well. At least that's what they're saying. He did play though, didn't he? No, Traylon Burks didn't play. He didn't play that game? Mm-mm. Hmm. So they had a bunch of like ragtag guys out there, a bunch of nobodies out there, and he was – I thought he played decent. I watched the whole game. Um, maybe wouldn't have done that if I can go back. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty rough. But but nevertheless, um, this is tough, man, because I, I didn't have the Titans in the playoffs. I didn't have the Jaguars in the playoffs to start the season. So I, I wasn't a big believer in both these teams. I felt like the Jaguars are a year away. I'm big on Dougie P. I love I really like Trevor Lawrence, and I think he's become a top 5, 10 quarterback in the league this year. Really taking strides. It's amazing what happens when you actually have a good head coach. I am going to pick the Jaguars in this one, but I'm going to tell you guys right now, man, I could very well see the Titans pulling this off because of the fact they've owned the Jaguars. Derrick Henry... Go look at his career numbers against the Jaguars. It is him and them and the Texans. He he's like Patrick Mahomes to the AFC West to these two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, it would not shock me if all the Titans pull off this upset. I mean, again, the Jag- the last three times the Jaguars have been favorites. I think they've only actually been a favorite three times this season. They're zero three in those games. So 
they're the type of team that I think gets off on being an underdog, being counted out, because I think Trevor Lawrence and those guys are like, oh, nobody believes in us. And I think that's a cool thing about a team. I respect that. Mm. But when the pressure's on, you're expected to win. What are you? I think the Jaguars are the better team. I think they have the better coach, even though I love Mike Vrabel, but I think Doug Peterson is the better coach because he's a Super Bowl champion, and he's done some crazy things in this league, and I think he's proven that. But I, I'm going to pick the Jags, but I do not think they're going to cover. I think the, I think it's Texans plus 6.5, and, and I think this is going to be a close, ugly, grueling game. I think there's going to be multiple opportunities for the Titans to pull this one out, but the difference between Trevor Lawrence and Joshua Dobbs will be shown in this game. And I think that Trevor Lawrence, being the quarterback he's become, and I do believe he's become a borderline elite quarterback in this league, mm. I think that's going to shine Bryce's game, and I think they're going to pull out a two, three-point victory in this one. It's going to be a close, ugly divisional win, and the Jaguars get themselves an AFC South championship and get into the playoffs. Trevor, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the the, the Titans season's already over. You know no, they I mean? can win the division. Well, yeah, if they, if they win yeah. this game. Oh, they'd have the tiebreaker. Game the, behind, oh, yeah. So they'd they, have the tiebreaker. That, so that is a thing there. Yeah. Um, but Both I, got to play for I think I think there's a drastic difference in talent here. Um, and I think I think the Jags, I'm obviously picking the Jags. I know they're getting, I know the Titans are getting healthier, but yeah. they're also playing a quarterback that has no business starting in this league. If I'm being honest, no offense to him. But Dobbs has no real business He's like a starting. a rocket scientist, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that's fine. That's fun. That's a fun story. <laughs> but um, there's a massive difference there in quarterback. And um, these are two great coaches going at it, two coaches I love and respect dearly in this league. Um, but my my difference maker in this game is the actual the defensive line for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I love them going against Dobbs. I love them. They're, they're I think, top five top, or maybe top four at stuffing that's stopping the run, um, especially in the last eight weeks of the year. They've been cr- incredible as of late at getting after quarterbacks and stuff in the run. So if they slow down in any way, slow down Derrick Henry, um, this, this game's a wrap in my mind because I think Christian Kirk and uh, um, 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 Zay Jones, uh, Marvin Jones, you know, the, all the guys, that, and, and, and um, Evan Ingram, they, those guys are going to just shred that secondary. It's been a, that defense has been a pass funnel defense all year. They've allowed the most passing yards uh, to opposing quarterbacks and the most receiving yards to opposing wide receiver ones and twos all year. They are a terrible secondary, um, and I expect that to continue this game. I just I understand they have their hopes are fighting for, it, but I mean, when they get into the postseason, is there any real expectation of them doing anything? There's not. Um, and I think it's so much better for the postseason this year for the, for Trevor Lawrence, his story and, and Dougie P his story, uh, turning that team around, making them, a uh, uh, you know, no one expected them to be a playoff team this year. That's an awesome story. And I think them being in the postseason is so much better for the AFC because I can absolutely see them going and upsetting someone in the, in the AFC uh postseason whether it's the Bengals whether it's the Bills whatever, whatever t- team I think they're one of those Cinderella kind of teams that can go and upset someone and it happens every single year uh, in the postseason so um, I'd like the Jags here for reasons being not even that Trevor Lawrence has been hot lately he, I think he's going to have a decent game but I think it's because that defensive line stuffing and slowing down Derrick Henry um, I don't expect a lot of points in this game I think it will be a defensive but I think the offense of the Jags will do just enough to to care uh, uh, um Ride the momentum. I think that their defense is going to bring into this game. Um, so I, I think I think they actually win pretty comfortably. I think they win by at least a score, uh, seven points here. So I'm going to say they win by seven. Okay. I think we're all in a consensus here. I think we're all picking the Jaguars to win this game. Uh, yes, uh, Derek Henry's coming back. Uh, yes, the uh, the Titans are getting healthy, such a uh, just at the, at the right time. But how healthy are they? Are they rushing them back because of how important how how much of a magnitude this game is to the Titans. It's a it's a winning your end kind of situation. 
I, I do think they might be rushing players a little bit uh, a little bit too fast. Obviously, Derek Henry, I don't know what he's dealing with. Uh, he's got some lingering. Uh, uh, yeah, and he's banged up. Just leg. like general stuff. Uh, so how healthy is he going to be? I, I just think the Jaguars are such a young, a young, th- a young team uh, that are willing to fight. Uh, uh, and obviously, they, they win. They win the division. This they, means way more to them play. than it yeah, does the it Titans. Means, it means a lot to Trevor Lawrence to to Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson obviously try uh, it's kind of like the a, a revenge kind of situation because of how how it went with the Eagles and, and the whole situation of how he was released uh, from the Eagles. So it's kind of like a revenge thing and how he turned this team around from uh, obviously being a top pick in the draft this past year to potentially making a, a push in the playoffs. You know, like you said, potentially upsetting a, a, a team in the playoffs. Which I could definitely one hundred percent see. Yep. This team, uh, the way Trevor Lawrence has played this second half of the season, it has been incredible. It's like like Led said, he's borderline elite. The way, especially he's after played. avoiding that major injury that we all thought he sustained. Yeah. Like we all thought that was a career or not a career, but maybe a career altering oh, yeah. injury. It was scary. So bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the way Trevor Lawrence has has been able to to overcome such situations, obviously. Uh, in, orga- in an organization like the Jaguars, uh, obviously they're not the greatest. Yeah, they're a losing franchise. Yeah, so him being able to go into a losing fr- franchise, uh, s- uh, slowly starting to turn it around with all that young talent mm-hmm. doing their thing, I-, I-, I believe this means a lot more to them than it means to the Titans. So the Titans are going in there with a the- with the backup quarterback. I don't know if that's going to be enough to beat this this Jaguars defense. Their, their front seven is fucking fantastic. Yep. yep. Uh, so it... It's going to be hard for me to to see the Titans even coming close to to beating the the, the Jaguars. Oh, we, even coming close. Their yeah. secondary is so bad, it, dude. It, it's the yeah, worst it's in the just, league. <laughs> I just, like I said, those injuries you 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 brought up about how they're getting healthy. Are they really getting healthy, or are they rushing them back? So, it, it, I mean, they literally rested those guys last week against Cowboys, and they still almost beat the Cowboys. And the Cowboys yeah, are the just, Cowboys are okay, but they're a twelve one team. You know what I mean? Like. A, the Cowboys are a good. They're not a great team. No. They're better than the Vikings. They are better than the Vikings. Yeah. Like, come on, like they're a better overall they're, team. But than the to Vikings. me, to me, they're yeah. the same. Yeah. But yeah. Vikings have one of the worst defenses in football. That is a bad. Yeah. Defense. Cowboys might be the most streakiest team. In I agree. Football. I'm not yeah. here to praise the Cowboys. You know, that. all that I'm talent. They should the be Jaguars way better. That was the, the Titans. Did work against the, Cowboys. The, guy, the Titans fought for four quarters against the Cowboys comeback. with a bunch yeah. of backups. The Jaguars yeah. did work against the Cowboys. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying though that and and to that point though the Cowboys I respect put Mike Vrabel. Points in that Jaguars. I respect Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel ever very ever rarely ever gets like absolutely owned. Yeah. Outside of that Bills game this year, it was week they two. keep almost every single game close. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? They so. find a way to make you play their game. They do it to everybody. They even did it to the Bengals last year. In the, you know what I mean? But they that was a close game in the postseason. Like they just, it doesn't matter how good your team is. Mm-hmm. Mike Vrabel is just such a well-coached guy. He, or he just knows how to keep I, his guys playing. I got playing. the Jaguars by 10 on this one. Okay. okay. Uh, next game, it's stay, I'm, we're staying on the AFC side of things. The Patriots are going to Buffalo to face the Bills. I love this game, man. All right. So the Bills, as it stands right now, are seven-point favorites. The over-under is 43.5. Yeah. It looks like the weather is going to be pretty good. It's partly cloudy. Uh, anywhere from 30, 28 to 35 degrees during game time. So it, the weather shouldn't be a major factor in this one at all. So you look at the matchup that the Bills and Bengals have had, or the Bills and Bengals, the Bills and Patriots have had over the last couple of years, and the Bills have just absolutely owned the Patriots. And it's just because of an absolute mismatch. It's a lot like what the Patriots were all those years against the Bills, where you just have this superstar quarterback, and you just outmatch and outclass every single time. And Josh Allen has just 
put it on the Patriots. That's the way I would normally envision this game going. I do think if the tragedy of DeMar Hamlin was still in a critical condition situation, the Bills would come into this game very unfocused, a lot of heavy hearts, and this game... I think would give the Patriots a lot of opportunity to pull this one off because the Patriots absolutely have to have this game yep. or else they're eliminated from the playoffs. They will not make the playoffs. They lose this game. Uh, uh, if, if, the, if, the, if Miami loses, yeah. they can still make oh, it. Oh, yeah, Skylar Thompson is starting against the Jets, but, my, but Joe Flacco is starting. Yeah. So I guess I guess that's true. I, I We can get to that game in a second, but yeah. um, I think the Bills would be giving up a lot more to the Patriots in this if the Hamlin situation yeah. was different. Yeah. Because of the fact they got such great news today, I think their hearts are going to be a lot lighter. They can focus on football a lot more. I think the Bills are going to win this game. I do think they're going to cover as well. I think it's going to be a minus seven on this one. I do think because the Patriots defense is first in the league in interceptions, Josh Allen will struggle in this one. But as we've seen over the last two months and change... And he's a little banged up. Yeah, the Bills have still been winning games despite that. Now, if there was an opportunity for Mac Jones to finally have a good game against the Bills, which he's yet to do in his early career, it'd be now. Because not only is Micah Hyde out, obviously, Jordan Poyer's banged up, and then obviously Hamlin is on the IR now. So their secondary is going to be very much thin. So if Mac Jones was to ever put any type of good performance up, you know, winning a game with two pass attempts against the Bills last year, this would be the, that time. I don't have faith in Mac Jones. I think he's one of the three worst quarterbacks in the league that's starting. I think the Bills are going to win this game comfortably and then move on with the two seed in the AFC. Trevor. Yeah, Mac Jones is really good at being bad. Um, yeah, I, his coaches out. I just think there's way too much emotion and momentum behind the Bills this week. Um, as much as I want to say I, I'm going to pick the Patriots because I like to pick a, an upset, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, regardless of where this game is played, I just think there's way too much emotion on the side and momentum yep. on the side of the Bills. And things might be called their way in certain aspects of this game possibly too. Who knows? Which is odd saying that against a Belichick team because it tends to be the other way uh, for so long. Um, but this this is the Cinderella team this year. You know, this is what everyone, everyone wants to see this team succeed. I know they are very talented and a good team out of respect for them. I'm not going to act like things have just been working in their favor, even though it obviously has been uh, just recently. Um, but I, I'm picking the, the Bills here. I don't. I think it, it will be a close game because I think I know they got the Patriots got worked last time in this matchup. Um, and the time I don't. And I don't expect Bill Belichick to take that twice. I don't think that's going to happen to him twice. Um, I, the strength of the defense of the of the Patriots is their secondary, but they're also very good at getting after the quarterback, which is which is why I picked them. I think I picked them to beat the the Bills last time because of that. The way I felt their their defense aligns with the strengths of of countering the strengths of that Bills offense because they throw so much and they don't have a true running game. They've been running it better as of late, so which is why I think. They will have a different attack this time. I think they'll run fairly well against the Patriots because they are not a very good run defense. They're a very good secondary. Um, unless Judon, Judon is a guy though that will wreck a game. Judon is a, one of the, the sack up there with the sacks leaders in this league for a reason. The guy can actually wreck a quarterback. And the the defense of the Patriots is a very opportunistic defense. Uh, they know how to get the the ball from the opposition. So I think if their only outcome to win this, the only way that they win this game is if they force a couple turnovers, which is likely. Josh Allen leads the league in, in turnovers. So if that happens and then they slow this game down, they, they, their defenses shows up and they somehow slow down the passing prowess of this offense, of the Bills, this can be an interesting game. But I'm going to I'm going to pick the Bills here just because of the emotional aspect of it. Um, you know, them dealing what they dealt with last week, um, wanting to perform and, and you know, show out show out for their brother that's, you know, still fighting to to, you know, regain his health. Uh, I think that's just way too much 
momentum and the bill and the Patriots can still very much make the playoffs because I and I do think they do because I think the Miami Dolphins are done this season um you know playing their third string quarterback I think that's just tough going to play that against the Jets defense I know it's in Miami but I know this is a, that's a separate game but I think that does play into the Patriots favor even if they do drop this game which I expect them to so I'm gonna pick the Bills here by I'm gonna say four and a half at least so uh I'm gonna pick the Bills on this one, but I'm I'm gonna keep it a lot. Uh, I think this game is gonna be a lot closer. It's an than interesting what, game than what yeah. people are expecting. I think it's gonna be a two three point game. Could potentially be a, just a one point game. It's gonna mm-hmm. be super close. How focused are the Bills going into this game? Uh, obviously, it's a big big tragedy going uh, of what happened just last week. Mm-hmm. They didn't get good news up until today, where he they they started talking to, to their team and us. So they were not focused on the next game at all up until t- to today, and if that. So it's going to be a lot closer. I think the Patriots are going to be able to maintain this game a lot closer. I think the Bills are going to struggle a little bit early. Uh, the, uh, probably a couple turnovers with Josh Allen. Uh, the, the team not being fully focused, but I think they will end up pulling it away uh, towards the end of the, the third, fourth quarter. Uh, but I do think this game is going to be a lot closer. Uh, Bill Belichick just somehow... Gives uh gives this uh Patriots team some energy. This Patriots team, I had this Patriots team like not not even making the playoffs. Same. Uh, I it. So, it, it, I it's, yeah, it, what he's been able to do with the lack of talent. I mean, there's talent, but obviously he doesn't have the the talent he once had. He doesn't have a, an elite quarterback anymore. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Mac, Mac Jones is he's a good quarterback, but he's not a he's not. A I don't think so at all. I think he's terrible. I think he's below average. I think sure. I think if, the, if I'm the Patriots, I replace him immediately. I think he will. I'll go get Jimmy Garoppolo again. I'd rather have Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. And he's go trash. Go get Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, so it, <laughs> you can make the playoffs with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm he's just trash. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, to to be able to to put this team where it's at now, fighting for a playoff spot, obviously, in the last week of the – so I think that this game is going to be a lot closer just for the simple fact that I don't think the Bills are the right mind yet. Uh, they, they, they could potentially be the right mind during the game mm. towards the second half. Obviously, it's got to be a slow start for, for, for them, but I do think they pull it out. Uh, I do think it's going to be a really, really close game. I'm going to go between one to three points. And then we have the Bengals hosting the Ravens. This one's going to be good, man. Obviously, we know that, that Lamar's not going to play in this game. I have some theor- I have some theories on Lamar we game. can talk about maybe at another time because I think this is going to be a very drug-out thing. I was going for, I'll go as far as say I don't think Lamar's playing for the rest of this year. I don't think he Post-season? plays. No, I really? do not think. I don't. I, 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 I can explain it. I can. I, yeah, the PCL is it's it, it is a legitimate injury, but I also think he's protecting himself because of the fact that if he comes back, gets injured again, he's losing even more money than he's already lost for that next contract. But not playing in the postseason is a, is a big it. knock on you. Man. I get it, but he is legitimately hurt. So that's the point. Is I think Lamar's looking at this from his optics, his viewpoint, saying, mm. "I have to protect myself." I'm sure he wants to play. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's going to say, I'm healthy and I'm not playing. I think it's a combination of two things. That's a suspicion that you have. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm not going on facts. Okay. Yeah. I have an opinion here. I'm not calling Lamar out or saying anything that I have any intel or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going off of what I'm, what I'm feeling, what I'm seeing from the whole situation. I'm watching John Harbaugh interviews, and he just looks like, yeah, yeah I'm not going to have my quarterback again. And I really, I don't think, and I know we've talked before, I don't think Lamar is going to ever play for the Ravens again. Yeah. I think this is his last season with the Ravens. Yeah. He's going to get traded. I mean, they get franchise tag and all that other shit. I don't think it's going to get that way. I think the Ravens are going to be like, look, we're an established franchise. We can move off, and we can figure this out. We can become a 10-win team with another quarterback. Mm-hmm. There's going to be plenty of guys out there that can go and, and get Derek Carr's out there, Jimmy Garoppolo's out there. There's guys yeah. out there. Derek Carr with the Ravens, I think that would be a I'm just throwing fit. names out there. I'm not. I'm, I'm just saying. Oh, I'm please, just saying there's, please there's keep Derek Carr in the AFC. Please. Um, 
Nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, the Ravens, uh, the Ravens and Bengals have something to play for in this game. Technically, not really. Well, because if the Ravens win, they can get yeah. that coin toss, Seating. potentially have a home playoff game. Seeding for sure. So there's there's yeah. there's a lot of opportunity. And thank you, NFL, by the way, for this. Yeah. Um, the Bengals are nine point favorites. The over under is only thirty nine and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to be uh, scattered showers. Looks like it's supposed to rain. Forty seven percent chance of rain. A high of thirty nine. So it's gonna be a little bit of a colder, rainyish day. So it probably will be an ugly game, which actually favors the bill. The, the Ravens that actually make this game closer and we saw earlier in the season the Ravens pulled out a victory they did have Lamar but it was a 17-16 nasty ugly yep. just a really bad football game they pulled that one out uh, in in Baltimore I think though as as much as I touched on with the Bills having heavy hearts and that might be a reason why that game might be a little closer than it probably should be I think it's gonna be the opposite when it comes to the Bengals this week I know that again. I'm going to give the Ravens some some benefit of the doubt here. They've managed to be a 10 win team without having Lamar for essentially five six games. But I think the Bengals are going to come out here and make an absolute statement that they belong. And honestly, guys, that's the team that I worry the most about, legitimately about the Chiefs facing them again in the playoffs because I think they're right now they're the most complete team in the NFL outside the 49ers, but they have such a significant upgrade at quarterback. The Bengals are such a good team, and they're pissed off right now. I feel bad for the Ravens. I think they're going to win this game by double digits. I actually think they're going to cover the nine. I think the Ravens, I don't think the Ravens can score 20. They just they they can't score points without Lamar Jackson, and even with Lamar Jackson, they were struggling at times. They don't have weapons outside of Mark Andrews. There is nobody on that team that's even a, like even remotely threatening outside of him. Now, J, J.K. Dobbins has been fine, but you can no tell this he's running scared out there. I'm just saying though, like mm-hmm. uh, he looked great last week. Who I know, I know what I'm saying, but you can tell his body. He's like afraid of falling certain ways or running certain ways. He has that leg really tense. J.K. has been really good. Don't be wrong. I'm just saying with the Bengals coming into this game with all this. Motivation, motivation of making sure they get the best chance possible in the playoffs. I think they're going to come out here and play well. I think they're going to score probably around 27 points and I think they're going to win this game by 10. I just I again, I don't see how the Ravens score 20 points in this game. I'm going to say it's like 27-17 and uh, I'm going to give the Bengals the advantage of this one Trevor. I'm picking the Ravens in this game. Oh, um God. I listen, I hate to kick a team when they're down. I think the momentum for the Bengals has been derailed. I really, really do. I, and listen, I'm not saying that they're going to go out there and win big in any way. I think if this is a drag-out dog kind of fight, that's perfect for the Ravens because they are a run-first offense. And they, the Bengals' rush defense is not that great. Their secondary has been pretty good, but at moments they're like a solid defense all the way around. But the Ravens, the Ravens, the Ravens' running offense is so good. They're, Huntley does not need to be go. He hasn't had to been good this entire time, and they continue to win games. Um, listen, we're not beating good this, teams though. What do you mean? Well, I mean, they beat Atlanta, they beat Pittsburgh, they beat Denver, and they beat Carolina and New Orleans. Tampa Bay, Cleveland. Against that Pittsburgh defense is far better than the I'm Bengals saying, defense. They ran all over them. Their last seven victories are against non-playoff teams in the Bucks. But, I mean, like, okay, this is look. look there's an emotional aspect here. We just talked about the Bills having that emotional aspect with you know the momentum part for playing for their sure. guy. Listen, momentum is such a big deal in sports in general, especially in football. I feel look, I could be dead wrong on this. And if the Bengals win, I'm not gonna be surprised in any way. 
I just have a feeling about this game. This is a game where the, you think the Bengals, obviously the Bengals feel screwed, but so do the, the Baltimore Ravens. Sure. And who the, who's the better coach in this situation? Who 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 uh, fares better in a fight when it's a slower-paced defensive game, a run-heavy game? Yeah. The Baltimore Ravens, 100%, because the, the Bengals are one of the worst rushing offenses in the league. They are terrible at running the ball. They've had one really big game from from Joe Mixon this year. That's yeah. it. Hit that five-touchdown game. Other than that, they're one of the worst rushing offenses in the league. Granted, they are incredible at throwing the ball, and they have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I get that. But the, Raven, <laughs> the Ravens' secondary plays well against them how many for points, some reason. How many think the points can the, – the, would the Ravens have to score? Oh, I mean, I'm game? taking the under. I think – how many, you know what I'm saying? How many points do you think they would have to score to beat the Bengals? Uh, I would have to say north of 20. And I think they could get there. They haven't um, scored 20 points in six weeks. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, but I mean, this is what I'm saying. I, I'm playing into the factor. I'm playing into the idea that the the, the derailing of the motivation um, of the, the, the role that that the Bengals offense was on. Sure. You know what I mean? And football, man, football is brutal, bro. This is a brutal game. And these are two teams that know each other very well, fighting for the division. You know what I mean? So uh, this is this is just one of those things where I just feel like, listen, I I think the dog. I'm if I'm picking the dog here, like a, a dog team that's going to go out there and, and, and grind it out and find a way to win. It's John Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens, because I've seen them do that over and over again. I know they haven't beat the most talented teams, and they, but they have already beat. Lamar had a trash game against the Bengals, and they still won. So if Huntley can go out here and have like a, a semi-pedestrian game, it be a mediocre kind of game from him. That, that I trust that defense to go find a way to slow that offensive da- offense down and and have that doggy kind of game because they can slow the pace of this game down and run the ball really well. I think the Baltimore Ravens win this game. If they don't, I don't think they win. But I'm I'm banking on them running the ball successfully uh, against a mediocre rush defense against the, uh, that the the Bengals have and the crushing of the momentum of the Bengals rolling into this week where they had they, they had a whole pretty much a bye week. You know, they had to sit and think about and sit on this situation. Granted, they are upset, but how do they respond? I'm banking on the Ravens being ready for them. That's why I'm going with the Ravens here. I think they win by three. I'm going with the Bengals in this one. Yeah. Uh, I think they're just a better team by far. Uh, they have the better quarterback. Uh, uh, the the I mean, I, I guess you can you can say they have uh, ultimately almost similar running games. Uh, Joe Mixon is a fuck. He's pretty good mm-hmm. at what he does. The running games are similar. Uh, the, the Ravens have been, haven't been that great. They're lately. an entire their whole offense is based around running, like, running the ball. Like, They're one like of the best Lance, rushing offense in the league. Like like Lance said, they struggle to score points. I, oh I just yeah, yeah, I just don't see. But rushing production, it's not even close, bro. Like the the yards per game, the the, the attempts, the way they win games, that's how they win games. The ball, the Bengals are terrible at running the ball. They're like uh, one of the top three worst rushing defense offenses in the league. Mixon hasn't had much opportunity to score because they don't. Their offensive line is not good at run blocking. They're terrible in the red zone. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why they throw so many touchdowns because all they do is throw the ball. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I'm just the, the better team are the Bengals. Uh, I for just, sure, for sure. I, I just, close. I just don't see the the Ravens going out there and dominate this game. Uh, the the Bengals have have the momentum. I, I know you said that this uh, this past week derails their momentum. I I think it only helps elevate their momentum because yeah. they just got fucked. Yeah, I'm playing that I, narrative. It could definitely yeah, go the other way, yeah, 100%. I, I think the yeah. Bengals are pissed. Uh, we've seen their Twitter. They're just like, uh, yep. I guess, on to the Ravens. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like, so it, they're pissed off at the NFL, and I think they want to make a statement. Say it's like, fuck you, NFL, and, and they're, they're, they're going to make a statement against the, the, the Ravens, who are a divisional rival. And obviously, uh, I, I just think that uh, – the weather could be a little bit uh, concerning. Uh, it, it might get like a uh, nasty. We might need, might see another very very close game, kind of like what we saw in what was it like week six? 
fuck, week five? I think it was it was one of those weeks. I don't remember exactly when they played. Yeah, it was like week five, week six, uh, where it was like uh, it was pretty rough. Even though Joe Burrow still had like two hundred like twenty yards and like a touchdown, one pick, mm-hmm. uh, I can see this. Uh, I can see the Ravens uh, probably making it close with a pick or so, but I just don't. I, I just don't see it. Uh, just uh, Jamar Chase is just going to be too much for this Ravens defense. Uh, just him alone in any kind of defense, he, he is too much, mm-hmm. and he's proven that. Uh, and like I said, they're pissed off. They're hungry. They want to win, and they want to make it far the, in, into the playoffs and, and make a statement. So I'm picking the Ravens, uh, the Bengals in this one. Then we have um, a game of two teams that had once very promising seasons on their hands and have absolutely squandered it. Uh, the Dolphins are hosting the Jets. Uh, AFC East showdown. Dolphins still have playoff hopes. Jets are obviously been eliminated. Lost, losing six of their last seven. Dolphins once had the two seed in the AFC literally three, four weeks ago, uh, but have lost five straight games, making them eight and eight uh, going into this game. Wild to think that this team could have a losing record as the way they started at eight and three this season, be one of the most prolific offenses. Yep. Uh, both of these teams are insanely banged up too. I'm looking at the injury report. Holy fuck, it's bad. Um, you're talking about Tua Tagovailoa's out, Taron mm. Armstead's out, Kendall Lamb out, mm. Cedric Wilson, Teddy Bridgewater, Bradley Chubb might miss, Xavier Howard might miss. Uh, I mean, the list goes down. Jalen Waddle was on the list with a shoulder. Uh, uh, Jalen Phillips was on there. Eric Fisher, who they just signed a while a little while ago. Melvin Ingram was not injury related, but he should play. Uh, Raheem Mostert was on the injury report. He should go. But on the Jets side, you're talking about Dwayne Brown might not play. Brandon Eccles, uh, George Fance. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, C.J. Uzoma, Mike White probably won't play. It looks like, I, think Joe, I think Joe Flacco's getting the start, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Yeah, I CJ, Mike White was going to play. C.J. Mosley was a full participant. He's been on the list all day. Point is, both yeah. these teams are banged up. And both yeah. these teams have been utter disappointments to, to down the stretch of the season. Um, I, I really wanted to give the Jets the edge in this one because of the fact they have the better defense considering all these things. But knowing that the Dolphins have so much to play for in this game, it's and in, I do it's not, in Miami. I do not have any faith in Skylar Thompson. Mm-mm. But I do think that the Dolphins are going to find a way to have a very ugly victory in this one. I could see like a twenty-one eighteen. They're going to try to run the ball twenty to seventeens kind of game, just where it's ugly as shit. Moster would probably be the the X factor in this one. Maybe Tyreek Hill has one big play. Jeff Wilson's a legit. Jeff Wilson's runner. a good, a really good scat back. I think that yeah, that's that's an opportunity for those kind of guys to carry the load. I don't think either defense is going to play a great game because I think both offenses are just going to play pretty bad. Um, but it's going to be an ugly, boring AFC East showdown. I think the Dolphins find a way to squeak into the playoffs, and I think they get this victory. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna give the Dolphins a slight edge. They're at a 3.5 right now. That sounds about right. The over-under is only at 37. That also sounds about right because I said like 20-17, to 17, which would match the uh, 37 points on the over-under. It's supposed to be beautiful as always, 79, <laughs> sunny in Miami. The sons of bitches out there. Uh, yeah, in a low of 65. I'm taking the Dolphins, and I don't feel great about it, but I also would feel even worse about it if I picked the Jets. So I'm going Dolphins. I'm taking the Jets here, man, all day. Ooh. I think the Jets are going to go put up points. Oh. The, the, the Dolphins' defense has been bad, and the Jets' offense with, with Flacco – Played well whenever yeah. he was in, and they guys they still got Garrett Wilson. They got most of their all their offensive guys are going to be playing. Uh, uh, Zonovan uh, Smith or Zonovan Zonovan probably won't play though. They're that, tight that end. Yeah, that's not that big of a deal. They, I mean, they have uh, Conklin, who's their starting tight end, who's been really good. So I mean, I, 
they're going to have almost all their offensive weapons. Uh, running, they have both their uh, running backs outside of obviously Brees Hall being done for the year, but they still have Zonovan yeah. and they still got a um, um, Michael. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Anyways, they have all their offensive weapons. I think I think the Jets' offense is going to go score. I oh. think they really do. I think. Um, uh, Joe Flacco was averaging like 300 yards a game and like a touchdown and a half. Like he was playing well. Um, and this defense of the Dolphins, and, and it, it, even when healthy, wasn't very good. So if they're going to be banged up like that and they're going to be without Xavier and Howard too, I mean, that's rough. They're going to, I think he's going to go out there and I think have a fairly good game. I think the Jets win this game. This is a pride game for them. Um, and, and trends are big for me in the NFL, especially when it comes to four straight losses. You know what I mean? You lost four straight games. I think I think a fifth one's looming here. Um, I'd have no faith in, in, in Skylar Thompson to go out there and, and, and throw on that Jets defense. I know they're going to try to run the ball, but that defense is so good. Um, I know it's on the road, but I just feel like this is a, a pride game here for, for Robert Sala. I think that he's going to have those boys ready to play, and I think that's a defeated Miami team right there. The only way they win this game, obviously, in my mind, I know they're going to try to run the ball, but I don't think that's how they do it. Tyreek Hill's going to have to have a game. Tyreek, because I know Waddle's banged up, but Waddle's going to play. Yeah. He's a tough guy. He tends to play through a lot of that stuff. He's been banged up a lot throughout the season. Um, Tyreek Hill is just an Iron Man. Tyreek Hill is, is an absolute – he is a soul – Just he rips the souls out of a lot of teams. We've experienced a lot of those on the on the, on the right side of that for some years here. Um, and that's the only way in my mind um, he, he somehow, somehow goes scorched earth um, against that secondary, a very tough secondary. But if they find a way to get him involved and get the ball out quick to Tyreek Hill, let him create – that's the only way. I think they're going to have to score points because I think the Jets are going to go score points. So I'm picking the Jets here to win by, I'm going to say, I'll just say three to play it safe, but I think they go put up points. Give me the Jets in this one, baby. Uh, I'm taking the Jets in this. Uh, we've seen what the Dolphins are without Tua. We, we've seen it. We, we've, uh, they lost three straight games without Tua with the first concussion, and now since Tua's been gone, I think they lost two straight already. Uh this team is not good without Tua. Uh, th- these quarterbacks, Teddy was doing work, and then he went down. Shit, they weren't good with Tua the last few weeks, anyways. I mean, yeah, and and, and Teddy was doing his thing, mm-hmm. but he unfortunately went down with an injury, and they brought up the the third string. And my God, that was a drastic change from Teddy to yeah. to the third string. It, it got even worse. Uh, so. I just don't see where this third string quarterback, unless they like Trevor said, unless they do uh, some crazy runs with uh, Tyreek Hill and Moster and create some kind of weird plays and get the ball catch the Jets, yeah catch the Jets off guard I just I just think this Jets defense is is gonna be it's good enough to stop Tyreek Hill you put Sauce Gardner on Tyreek Hill, you, you can potentially have a good matchup throughout the, the entire game. And sometimes the scariest teams are the teams that have nothing to lose. Exactly. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the, the, so, the, yeah, the Jets already eliminated. And they, can, they, they have can play their, party and they, Yeah, and they have in their hands the, the, uh, a chance to eliminate the Dolphins yeah. and take them, take them down with them. It'd be a nice yeah. way to end the season. Yeah, yeah they can so, play party pooper, man. 100%. Yeah, so that, that could be a, 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 a great uh, chair on top for the pages right yeah. there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just, I just don't see how this Miami team with the third straight quarterback can go uh, and, and and beat the Jets. I, I just think that the road team here is is going to do his their thing. Uh, going to Miami, beautiful weather, beautiful uh, uh, sun. Yeah, <laughs> you know. When Joe Flacco, I mean, he's he's a capable quarterback beautiful too. Beautiful sun. When it's a guy that you just need it's, to go out there and throw the ball around, and Joe Flacco can do that. So. And, and yeah, and we've seen Joe Flacco uh, was it early in the season 
uh, was it earlier this season? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first two first, weeks, yeah. the first two three weeks without yeah. uh, uh, their quarterback, their star quarterback, Zachary. superstar quarterback. Uh, <laughs> Joe Flacco was doing his thing. They were mm-hmm. winning games, mm-hmm. and and I think Joe Flacco was good enough to to push this offense, which I think is talented enough to 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 beat this Miami defense. Miami's defense is not that great. It's not that great. Their secondary has not been promising like it, it it's been, should on been paper. Bad, really. Yeah, it's been pretty bad. Uh, there's nothing to take away from that defense, uh, really. Uh, so I do think uh, the Jets go into Miami and, and and take a win, but I was I would say by by uh, seven. And then we have the final game that I want to touch on, and obviously we'll give you guys our full slate of picks uh, before the games tomorrow to let you know where we stand on every single game. Uh, the Detroit Lions are visiting the Green Bay Packers. Yes. This is a game that would pretty much decide which of these teams would potentially make the playoffs. I think there's something. They need to, the Detroit Lions need the Seahawks to lose. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Packers win and they're in. Yes, Packers sir. win and they're in. Detroit has to have the Seahawks lose. Came all the way back, bro. This, the, the Lions have won seven of their last nine. Uh, the, the Packer, including beating the Packers. That was the, I think it was the first of those seven victories. Packers have won four their last four games. And have really, I mean, resurrected their season. That it's defense, unbelievable. Dude, Everybody that, threw dirt on them, including myself. That defense, that um, defense, bro. It's funny too because as soon as the ball was taken out of Rogers' hands and they just started running the ball more, they've gotten better. They become a run for his it's, defensive it's team. Wild, yeah. yeah. It's it's really elevating some things. I want I want to say this, and before I get to my prediction, if the if the Packers lose a home game to the Lions <laughs> to keep them from going to the playoffs, not gonna happen. This will be Aaron Rodgers' last game of the Packers. I will say that right now. I'm with it, yeah. They will find a way to trade him and move on with Jordan Love and get picks for Aaron Rodgers. And yeah. I think it would be the Tennessee Titans to get Aaron Rodgers. But we can talk about that another time. But I have to believe that if Aaron Rodgers is the great quarterback we know him to be, if the Packers are really a team that have resurrected their career like the gif of Undertaker getting out of the coffin – then I have to believe they're going to be able to outclass Jared Goff, who's had a really good season, no yeah. doubt. Yeah, 100%. They've beaten good teams Respect. on the road, too, no less. Very motivated bunch. But I still think the Packers are the better overall team, especially how they've been playing of late on the defensive side with Jair Alexander shutting down the best receiver in football, Justin Jefferson, yep. just a week ago. I'm going to confidently pick the Packers because of what happened last time. So the last time these two teams faced, the Lions won an ugly game 15-9. to yeah. If you remember, Aaron Rodgers threw not one but two red zone interceptions, which was the only time in his career he's ever done that. Anomaly. He threw three total picks, had a horrific game, a 54 quarterback rating, yep. completed 54% of his passes. Aaron Rodgers led the team in rushing in that game. He was also completing multiple seven passes in total to something called Josiah Duguara, and Samori Toure. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> Romeo Dobbs and Watson were both out in that Romeo game. And, 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 and Watson, well, Watson did play, but he got hurt in the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And Watson wasn't playing nearly as good as he has been over the last month. Well, yeah, they built the chemistry now, yeah. I Man, I think the Packers are going to score points in this game. I don't believe in the Lions' defense. I know they've been playing better. And I know the over-under right now is at 49. So the, the NFL is predicting this game to be a high-scoring game. Almost all the it's, Detroit games are. <laughs> and it's going to be cold as shit outside. Yeah. It's supposed to be like a high of 28. It's like a typical Lambeau game in December and January. Mm-hmm. The Packers are four-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to give them the points. I'm laying the points. I think the Packers cover the four-and-a-half. 
and they get themselves in the motherfucking playoffs. I'm yeah. giving the Packers this game. Can you, do we finally agree on a game? You already know. There we go. You already know I'm rolling my guy, dude. <laughs> Rogers is going to go put work on these Detroit Lions. He knows his 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 hopes are coming in the. I mean, this is I think primetime game by the way. Yes, dude. I am. This is this is the game. I mean, outside of the Chiefs game, obviously the Chiefs Raiders is always dominant for me, but. Outside of that, this is my favorite game of the weekend. Um, I'm st- I I, I want to see Aaron Rodgers meet the playoffs. Having Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in the postseason is just so good for the league, especially in the watered down NFC right now. They need those guys. They need those names in the in the postseason. I think it's 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 just bound to happen. I think Aaron Rodgers goes in. He doesn't need to have a great game to go beat them. That defense has been playing. It's I was stoked on that defense heading into this year, and they really, really struggled a lot, a lot yeah. of the season. They just weren't doing what I thought. They were. Jair was in, in and out with injuries, but he's been so dominant lately. Um, called his shot on the best receiver in football and shut his ass down. Had Dead. one catch for 15 yards. The worst performance of his career. The only big cap he's had over the last couple of weeks has been the hat he <laughs> Bro, actually wore. Uh, how do you not love Jair, dude? That a, guy that, a, a cornerback that can call a shot and shut down the best receiver in football is... I mean, talk about heavy nuts. That dude's walking around with a heavy set right now. So I love that defense, and they've had a lot of injuries through the year, and they've somehow found a way to – shout out to, to Coach Will LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers finding a way to steer the ship and re – I mean, everyone wrote them off. I even wrote them off. As much as a, a big Aaron Rodgers fan is, I am – I wrote them off. I thought they were done. I just didn't see it in them. They were lifeless. They've somehow turned it around and won four straight games. I don't think that stops here. I think they're going to go put it on Detroit. Um, Detroit has had a fun run here. They've had a, they, they are a team that is trending in the right direction moving forward. I think they have something there. I think they're well coached at this point. And I think uh, you know building off a Hutchinson and that defense can definitely become something. And that offense, obviously, with Amon Ra is an absolute stud. I think has a potential to be elite in this league. Um, but not this year. I think this is a, another chance for Aaron Rodgers to make a run here in the postseason. And, I, and I, we'll get there, obviously, once we start making postseason predictions. But I think they, they start with it here. They finish the business here. And they get into the postseason. Um, I just think the Packers are the better team here defensively, especially the way they're rolling. Aaron Rodgers is going to go out there and maybe toss a touchdown or two. Uh, the way they run the ball with Aaron Jones and, and A.J. Dillon, I, I think they will take care of their business. But uh, the addition and the, the chemistry built between uh, um, um, Watts, Christian Watson and Aaron Rodgers lately has just been a, nothing but a touchdown field. Uh, and I think that continues against a very suspect secondary of Detroit. Um, I think they're going to go have a field day offensively and defensively. I think they work the Detroit Lions. I haven't won it by 10. Mm. I'm picking the Packers in this game as well. Uh, they just got hot at the right time. They got hot at the right time, and they, they're they winning, and they're winning uh, convincingly, uh, even, even though they uh, dominated last yeah. week, dude. So it. It's crazy how they just dominated the Vikings. Uh, uh, Vikings, them. a Vikings team that obviously puts up points. Uh, I just don't know where this Packers team came from. I, I really don't. It all started when uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers started trusting his wide receiver more, his rookie receiver in uh, Watson. Watson's a fucking baller. Kid's a stud. Uh, and and I'm glad that he got the connection with him. But once he got that connection with with. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, the, the, the Packers started cooking, started getting yep. rolling. He started putting trust on, on, on his players after uh, he seen what Watson could do with that ball. So, obviously, the coach has a, had a lot to do with that. Obviously, creating chances for Aaron Jones, uh, making uh, those run plays, uh, helping create run plays because uh, the, the Packers were just relying way too much on Aaron Rodgers and his and his arm and. We 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 say it against with the Chiefs is like run the damn ball. If you run the ball, you're more likely to win because you have such a great team. Yeah, and you could you could do that. And you got a quarterback that is make, can it, make play when you need him to. When you need yeah. him to. So yeah. th- this team, I, I just don't see the Lions 
going into uh, into Sunday and, and, and winning this game. I just don't. I, I don't see it. They 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 very well they very well could. I mean, like you said, they won seven of the last nine games, and mm-hmm. they've won some pretty good games. But mm-hmm. I just think the Packers got hot just at the right time, and and the Packers are hungry. They're hungry because everybody wrote them off, and I think they're angry, and they're proving it uh, week week in week out, and. and they could potentially try and make a deep push in the playoffs, but we, we get to that when we get to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think the Packers are the better team, uh, hot at the right time, and I got them winning by seven. I like it. If you have any of your picks, if you guys want to give us your predictions of what you think in these games in particular, any game on the Saturday and Sunday slate that you want to throw down on, let us know. We'd love to hear from you guys. Point spreads, over-unders, outrights, whatever you guys got. Hit us up with that on the YouTube channel, on the chat. We'd love to hear from you. Let's get to the Chiefs and Raiders. Let's do it. The final regular season game for the Chiefs. They win this game. We already know the the, the the cat's out of the bag. Obviously, they win this game. They're going to get the one seed in the AFC. May not be what we are accustomed to when it comes to one seeds, but I guess we're going to live through it. Uh, first thing I want to address is the injury reports for both teams. So overall, the Chiefs are, are still very uh, healthy. Uh, Nick Bolton was a full participant, even though he's been dealing with a rib. Joe Tooney's had that ankle injury that I can't believe he played on last week. Then he was writhing in pain. He was questionable this week. He was a limited participant. It does sound like he's going to give it a go. I would kind of like potentially how the game goes, if the game goes well for the Chiefs early, that maybe Joe doesn't play all four quarters. He's a full participant. Absolute warrior. Yeah. Um, Legereus Steed has the hit pointer still. He's been a limited participant, but he has been at practice. He is questionable. I'm assuming he's going to give it a go. Yeah. Sky Moore is out, though. His hand is, is swollen still, according to Andy Reid. So, I, I obviously, we're not going to see Sky Moore, but he hasn't been overly effective. And with the addition of McCole Hardman coming back, I think that was already going to be the case anyway. Uh, speaking of uh, McCole Hardman, he was a limited participant, but he is expected to play probably on a pitch count, probably yeah. limited. But it would be good to see him on the field regardless. Harrison Butker, Chiefs kicker, has back spasms. Uh, it's been a season for Harrison, player. just put it, to put it mildly. He was a full participant, but they did sign Matthew Wright again for the second time this season, which lends me to believe that Harrison Butker's not playing in this game. Otherwise, why the hell did the Chiefs sign Matthew Wright? I, I don't really see the reason. Uh, he did miss practice. Uh, uh, Harrison Butker did miss Thursday's practice with back spasms and on Wednesday, obviously. Uh, but on Friday, he was uh, pictured at practice. So we'll see with all that. I ain't going to get too much into it. On the, on the Raiders' side of things, this is where it gets interesting because they have a little bit of a longer list, not by much, but uh, Curtis Bolton, uh, Zamir White, Devontae Adams, uh, A.J. Cole, and Jarrett Stidham were all on the list but were full participants, so it's not. I don't think that they're going to obviously miss. Uh, it does look like uh, Darian Butler with the concussion, the linebacker, is going to miss this game. They're saying he's out. And the most interesting one is Josh Jacobs. So he's been out pretty much all week. Yeah, He's missed back-to-back practices, which is never a good sign, uh, with a hip, oblique, and an NIR. I don't know what that means, but it, it, it doesn't look good for Josh Jacobs in this game. And if the Raiders don't have Josh Jacobs, I mean, they didn't have a very good chance in this game at all, but without the best running back of this season out there for this offense, with a backup quarterback... They better hope that Josh Jacobs can find a way to get out there and be effective, no less. But he is questionable. We'll see if he ends up getting out there. I'm sure he'll try to is give it a go. Is this game important to him? Because he's going to get paid next He's season. got a he contract. A yeah, there's a contract dispute as well. So yeah. we'll see with that. But um, let's get into the nitty-gritty of this matchup. The first thing I want to point to outside of the injuries is 
whenever the Chiefs are facing a team, I want to know what their defense is, what what they're capable of against good offenses, because they're about to face a great offense. Uh, versus the Chiefs, Chargers, Jaguars, Seahawks, and 49ers this season, the Raiders' defense have allowed 29 points per game and are allowing 25 points per game at home. That would be seventh worst in the NFL, period. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, when it comes to the, the season he's having, you know, obviously we're all watching the stat tracker and things of that nature. Uh, obviously, everybody knows he needs 430 passing yards to break Peyton Manning's single-season passing yards record. And for the record, I think I speak for all of us, we want to see this happen. 100%. We do want to see this happen. Yeah. We want to see him own the record. And I know he and Andy Reid want him to own the record as well, of course. Who who the hell wouldn't want to own that record if you're able to? But I, I'm going to say something. As much as I want to see this happen, as much as I would love to see Patrick go out there and just wield the ball around and throw for you know 480 yards and three, four touchdowns, if he if he does if it does happen, history tells us it would be it would be because he has to. So Patrick Mahomes has thrown for at least 430 yards in five regular season games during his career so far. In those games, the Chiefs are only three and two, and in those games, their defense has allowed 28 points per game. Only one of those wins, <coughs> excuse me, were by double digits, and ironically versus the Raiders in 2019 in that game that uh, Tyreek Hill didn't play, and he threw four touchdowns in the second quarter. Yep. That was the only other. That was the only game they won by you know a comfortable margin. Now it's three whole years ago. In other words, more times than not, Mahomes has had to throw that many yards out of necessity. And look, I, I get that Jarrett Stidham played really well in that first half for the 49ers. I was shocked by that. You know, Trevor was watching the game before I got back He's home. Balling. I did a post game with uh, Marcus Dash of Chiefs concerns, and I couldn't believe his stat line. It looked incredible. But here's the thing, man. <laughs> the the 49ers came into that week with zero film on Jarrett Stidham in the Josh McDaniel scheme. Furthermore, I think the 49ers came into that game feeling pretty good about themselves, and I don't think they felt like they were going to have to put out their A game defensively. And once you saw them put it out there, and Nick Bosa started to turn on the throttle a little bit, they they, they were shutting the, the Raiders down a lot of times in that second half. Still and, a close and forced game, Yeah, and forced two turnovers. But, all, but to the Niners' credit, it was against a team that was playing overachieving, and Brock Purdy finally had a couple mistakes. Yeah. So, considering all these things, the 49ers still pulled the victory out, playing a CEC minus game, still pulled the game out. And once again, the Raiders blew a 17-point lead, I think, for the sixth time this season, which is an historic thing to achieve. Um, and I think if you played that game again, I think the 49ers win that game by 17 because they're just a significantly better team, and I think they would have their attention and focus and, quite frankly, the respect a lot more than what they had going into this game. Um, I'm I, I'm not expecting Jarrett Stidham to look as sharp in this matchup, which means I'm not expecting Patrick Mahomes to hit that record. I, I'm not expecting him to get it. Because mm. like I said, only five times, and he's started, what, 72, 73 games in his career. More than likely, it's not going to happen. He's probably going to have an awesome game. I mean, I'm, I'm fully expecting him to uh, throw 300-plus yards, three touchdowns, and finish the season with, you know, 53, 5,400 yards and 44-ish touchdowns. Um and, if, and the reason why I feel that way more than anything is in week five, even though that game was close, 
Patrick Mahomes was annihilating that Raiders defense for the majority of that game, throwing four touchdowns, all four to Travis Kelsey, by the way, <laughs> which was hilarious because they Travis had like 26 receiving Bro, yards but had four <laughs> touchdowns. Like, what the what in the hell happened in that, that game? so fun. Patrick also completed 67% of his passes. Uh, he had 43 pass attempts, 292 yards with a 117 quarterback rating. So and We were down 17-0. At one yes, point. Yeah. and the Chiefs scored 30 points after this when the second quarter started, yeah. or, you know, for the rest of that game. And here's the biggest thing, man. Again, with the Raiders' defense, they have zero answers on the defensive side for this matchup when it comes to a now about as healthy as the offense can be with their offensive line is about as healthy as our Joe Tooney's still banged up, but he's supposed to play yeah. with McCole Hardman back, with uh, Kadarius Tony back, or Kadarius Tony back in the mold. And here's the biggest thing. With Budker potentially out or at best banged up, I'm expecting the Chiefs to be ultra-aggressive offensively in this game. Knowing that they win this game, they get another additional week off so they can rest. They can go out there and put it on this team. I'm expecting them to be aggressive on fourth downs and two-point conversions. And with McCall Hartman being on a snap count, I think they're going to be selective with when they play him. So I think you're going to see him on the third and shorts, fourth and ones, goal line plays, things like that where he's been so effective this season when he was healthy. Mm -hmm. And along with Kadarius Tony on the field, who's been so effective since he's been back, um, this is the first time they've been together since week nine, and they didn't play a lot because Jarek McKinnon only played a few snaps, or Jarek McKinnon. Uh, Kadarius only played a couple snaps in that game. Um, not to mention Jarek Clutch McKinnon on a month-long tear, who's been one of the best offensive players in the league yep. over the last month. Um, I'm, I'm expecting the Chiefs to be very efficient on third and fourth downs and convert at least one two-point conversion in this game. And just a side note here, and I'm going to get to your guys' thoughts on this game, there is a record that Patrick Mahomes will get this week. Uh, it is the all-time single-season NFL record for total offense. So Drew Brees currently owns it right now at 5,562. Patrick Holmes only needs 186 pass-plus rushing yards to get that record. Because if you combine his passing yards and his rushing yards, he would eclipse that with 186 total yards. And he's 100% going to get that. And he's going to have the single-season total offense record over Drew Brees, who set that in 2011. So there will be a record that is broken. It would be awesome if the other one is broken. But also, if that 430 yards is needed in this game, it's not a good sign. It means that the defense did not play well against a backup quarterback, which is what Jared Stidham is with a banged-up Josh Jacobs if he plays at all. I, I Guys, I think that this is a game where the Chiefs have to go out there and put some, put some points up. They need to make a statement. Defense needs to play well. They need to go out there and have one of their best games they've had in a long time because let's be honest. The Seahawks game was a ho-hum 14-point victory. It wasn't a real fun game. They didn't really put up a lot of points, put up 24 points. Patrick looked like an MVP a lot. But I think in this game, they need to have one of those 49ers, Buccaneers types of performances where they go up there and flirt with 40 points, finish off the regular season strong as hell against the original foe that wants to play spoiler, go and get that one seed and go get it demandingly. I'm expecting the Chiefs play a very efficient game and score some points in this one. Trevor, how do you see it? Yeah, I'm expecting a competitive game because I have respect for uh, teams that need to make a statement. And in divisional games, man, say what you want. We won by one point last time we faced the Raiders. Granted, I know they went up 17-0. Well, the ball was taken from the Chiefs as well when sure. Chris Jones got that from Derek Carr, put the Chiefs in the red zone. Sure, but I mean, we, 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 that's with, oh, that's an addition to us being down 17-0, but the fact that we were down 17-0 was a problem, and that game was an odd one because... And Derek Carr played well. Sure, yeah. sure. And um, and one thing, too, that you, that you didn't mention and I'll mention is that um, Isaiah Pacheco wasn't a thing then. Isaiah Pacheco was 100% a thing now, a running back in this league that's averaging over five a carry. You know what I mean? So um, I think I think the fact that our running game has come alive with the addition of uh, uh, um, uh, McKinnon, who also uh, McKinnon led the team in rushing attempts that game with eight. 
Yeah. We barely ran the ball at all in that game. But Patrick Mahomes was, had four carries yep. in that game. You know what I mean? So this is what that was. What that was a strange game. Um, there was a scary moment where Devontae Adams damn near caught that ball. He bobbled it just enough to where that that call to be overturned. It was a very close game. That game that game could have went the other way. Um, so those guys were battling at that time. Derek Carr had a good game, a good game in that one. Um, we did just enough to win by one point, and I'm expecting the Raiders at home to want to put up and, and put the put a you know put a uh, in this game in this season on a solid note and on, on, on a you know a positive note. Um, so beating the Chiefs is is, is as big as you can get for the Raiders. Um, you know for the the underachieving that they did this year. Um, Devontae Adams frightens me. He's a guy that just no matter who he's playing is going to get his. So I fully expect that to happen. Um, our secondary is not a secondary that's going to go and, and shut down a Devontae Adams. It's just not going to happen. Um, I expect him to have a good game. Darren Waller is playing. That's another guy that frightens me a little bit too. Over the middle, uh, he's a guy that can eat. Um, we allowed, you know, we allow tight ends to kind of get there a lot of times. Um, uh, um, we we were one of the teams that kind of allowed George Kittle to kind of get his momentum going. You know what I mean? So guys like that can definitely eat against us. So I, I expect points to be scored in this game. Um, I think both teams score well into the the you know mid uh, early to mid twenties. I think we're going to need to score at least thirty eight to go win this game. Um, and I think Patrick Mahomes absolutely balls out. But I do like the 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 complement of the running game that we have have found that balance as of late uh, with McKinnon, especially in the passing game, obviously. But I think Pacheco, being that dog that we didn't have before, we didn't have a dog running the ball uh, uh, last time we played them, and obviously trailing by seventeen kind of takes the you know the the running game kind of out of the game uh, and just changed the whole game plan of that one. So I think this game we 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 I think we play from ahead. I don't think we I don't think we go down seventeen zero in this one. Uh, but I do think that the Raiders will come out and and will be firing. I think Stidham's going to go out there and throw the ball. He looked impressive. I'm not going to take away the fact that they did, the Raider the Niners didn't have film on him or not. I respect the performance I saw out of Jared Stidham. That was a close game all the way through. And he made some mistakes and and, and um, so did the Niners. But to do that on the Niners defense, I'm going to give you respect regardless of the name on the jersey. So. Um, Listen, I, I I think the Chiefs are going to pay respect and, and and come in ready to to play a quarterback that just had a really good performance against a really good defense. But I expect our offense to go out there and have a game plan ready for this uh, this terrible secondary of the Raiders, um, and not to not not let it be remotely as close as it was last time, and not put ourselves in a hole like we did last time. As long as we play a clean game, no turnovers, and we don't have a shit ton of penalties, I expect a dominant performance offensively for Patrick Mahomes this week. Um, I think we win by ten points, but I do think points will be scored in this game. But I do think we win. In, uh, uh, um, in a pretty convincing manner, um, I think Patrick Mahomes balls. I think Travis Kelsey is just. There's, they have no answer for, for Travis Kelsey. I know they didn't. He didn't have the yardage last time, but for four anybody, any you allow any one individual in any game in any NFL game to score four touchdowns on you, that's just an ass whooping. Period. Point blank. There's no answer for that. And uh, I expect Travis Kelsey to get his yards and some and maybe a touchdown or two in this game. And they have they have no one that can hold him. I mean, over the over the last couple of years, Abram was kind of that guy that was kind of in, that would kind of like physically physically kind of be there with Travis Kelsey. But even then, they don't have him anymore because they cut him. So I just think that over the middle and the little uh, little curl routes that Travis Kelsey does, I think it's going to eat him alive. We're going to move the sticks consistently. Um, but yeah, I know we'll get to our guys who we think are going to go off in this offensively and defensively. But in this matchup. I think the Chiefs have way too much to play for here. This is an extremely important game. We got to end this, this season strong, um, and I'm riding well. It's obviously with the better quarterback in the much better situation here. Um, but I do think that it will be a. I think it will be a competitive game. As are, for some reason, even as bad as the Broncos have been this year, we like to have these divisional games just competitive, no matter what. 
names are on the jersey. No matter how shitty the rosters are, we just tend to like to keep the games close and interesting for some reason. Sorry for the hearts of and the health of the Cheese fans. It's just something that we like to do. <laughs> so um, I expect it to be a close game, but I think we pull away and I think we win by 10 points. Like it. I got the Chiefs winning this game, but I do think it's going to be a very, very close game. Uh, it could potentially come down to a, a, a field goal towards the end of the game uh, to win the game. Uh, I look back at the uh, at their first match of the season, and the Chiefs did not look good at all. Uh, they were struggling. Really? They were struggling. They were struggling bad. Uh, they were getting beat. Max Crosby was having a field day. Uh, he was putting the pressure on Mahomes. Uh there's a there's a big reason why they they went up 17-0. The defense couldn't stop uh, defense couldn't stop the the Raiders offense. They just couldn't find a way to get to Derek Carr. They they had no pressure on Derek Carr uh, early in the game. Uh, and, and the Raiders and, and the Raiders went away from, with uh, from Josh Jacobs in the running game. I don't know why, but uh, towards the second half that, that they went away because the Chiefs were were scoring points. Yeah, they went away from the running game and. Obviously, the, the 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 Raiders' running game is what wins them games, and I think if they would have stayed to their plan, I think Josh Jacobs could uh, uh, score uh, or uh, done some more damage to this uh, to this defense. Uh, what I saw last week from Stidham, uh, Stid, Stidham or whatever his mm-hmm. name is, was impressive, especially against the Niners' defense, a, t- a top top two defense in the league. It, what he went. I don't care if you have film or no film on a quarterback. If you're a top two defense, you're you're gonna be a top two defense against no matter who your competition is. Uh, so for for the for the Fort Niners to struggle the way they did against the Raiders team, who literally was playing for for nothing, I think that's what motivates them because they're not playing for anything. They're just playing for for paychecks at this point for next year. Pride, kind of like Josh Jacobs, exactly pride. Josh Jacobs is, is playing literally for for money next season, uh, which I, I think it, he's probably going to give it a go this week. I don't know, but I, I I would totally I, I would I would doubt it if if I was him I would just literally sit sit this game out and yeah. uh, get paid next year. Uh, just don't risk any injuries. Yep. This game is meaningless to the Raiders, which I think this is why it's going to be a close game because it, it means nothing to them, and it means so much more to the Chiefs. So them kind of souring, uh, trying to sour uh, a Chiefs victory, is is what what their goal is going to be. Uh, we we know that the Chiefs are going to try to get the one seed, and the Raiders know that if they win, they could potentially uh, knock the Chiefs down to the two seed. So the Raiders not playing for nothing scares me a little bit. So that's why I think this game is going to be close. Uh, we seen what the Chiefs do against uh, bad competition. We. Uh, we go down to their level. We saw what, what happened against the Texans. We had to take them to overtime. We took them to overtime. Uh, and then, obviously, against uh, Russell Wilson and a terrible Broncos team. Uh, we, nah, that we had, they have a great defense. Top five defense. talking about the league. offense compared yeah. to yeah, the offense. Yeah, I, mean, I agree, but yeah. yeah. It, it's just that game should not have been close. We're the team that the Broncos scored the most points at. Uh, both. Oh, I agree with it, you on that. The, the, we literally made Russell Russell Wilson uh, look like uh, Chef Russ out yeah, there. Yeah, end zone uh, interceptions and uh, fumbled uh, punt returns. I mean, it's, but even even the that'll that, do the, it. The Broncos yeah, have a have a better roster than the Raiders do. Yeah, but they I, have a better roster. 
like I yeah. said, when you yes. play for nothing, it's a lot more scarier. Uh, when you, when when a team's playing for a lot. Uh, well, instead of him is playing for a future job, exactly. Might do that too. For, he, he's, for this a is this job. is his extension especially of his with job Derek, Especially with Derek Carr leaving the Raiders. Yeah, this uh, is, this is what played. I wanted to bring up. This yeah. is what I wanted to bring up about the whole Stidham aspect to this matchup. You would say that Derek Carr is probably what? Where would you rank Derek Carr amongst quarterbacks right now in the Middle NFL? of the pack, top fifteen. Top. Mm, I'd say he's. I'd say he's top twelve. Yeah. Top 12. yeah. yeah. I, like in the Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, One, right? Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. yeah. Okay. Where would you rank Jared Stidham? Three. No. After what I saw last, I mean, week, I'm not going to rank 10. Stidham yet. I mean, it, <laughs> no. you can't rank him. Okay, I, my, 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 that's him. my point, though, is that we don't know enough of Jared Stidham to comfortably assess what he is. You can use so, that argument both ways, though. No, no. Yes. I'm, what I'm saying is, we know yes. what Derek Carr is. Yeah. And in the matchups that he had, the, or the matchup he had this season with the Chiefs, he played very well. Mm-hmm. So if he was to come into this week, I'd say. Oh, I, I think the Raiders' offense is probably going to score some points because I know what Derek Carr did in Arrowhead this year. Jared Stidham having a good half against a team that was that had no film on him, I'm not going to give him that praise yet. He could yeah. come in. He could come in here and put up points. I'm not banking on that because the Chiefs give up points. Like, okay, look at the Russell Russell Wilson situation last week, right? Or the the just two matchups. Period. The Chiefs have allowed. They're giving up Russell Wilson's forty percent of Russell Wilson's touchdowns this season in just two games, but to that point, the majority of those scores were the Chiefs having horrific turnovers and putting them in that position. So unless the Chiefs are going to do that again this week and basically walk them into the end zone, I don't foresee Jared Stidham going out there and replicating what he did in the first half against a team that didn't have film on him. We've turned the ball over for like 10-plus weeks straight. Nine out of the last well, ten, but you're yeah. right. I get what you're saying. <laughs> the point I'm making, though, is the, the the Raiders don't have a defense that forces turnovers. They're a bad, bad defense. Tell Turning, that to the Patriots, Lance. Yeah, <laughs> Look at the, yeah thank you. Yeah. No, but touche on that. <laughs> but the Broncos, like, I, the, the, the turnovers the Chiefs had against the Broncos were horrendous. Yeah. But at least it made sense because yeah. that's an elite defense. Like, oh well, you know, they're Patrick Sertan's fucking amazing, and Josie Jewell's a good linebacker, and you know, like some of that stuff you can add up. Mm-hmm. Do if Patrick Mahomes has two, three interceptions against the Raiders, that that's unacceptable at a high level. So, I, what I'm saying is, I know we're going to talk ourselves into a into a uh, a nail biter, and I get that because a lot of times down this stretch, the Chiefs have been having those. But against teams like this in moments like this where the Chiefs have to go out there and make it happen, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt over Jarrett Stidham, who's given me two quarters of good football. Yeah, I mean, I know he's I – mean, but at the same time, we did struggle against the dynamic duo of Davis Mills and what's-his-nuts and the Texans. You know what I mean? So, And, and we had film we on those bad times. True. You know what I mean? So we yes. got – I do see in these divisional games, no matter how confident we are going into these weeks – we like to keep him within one score. Okay, but Always. I'm not playing. I'm not trying to make. <laughs> no matter who here. the quarterback is. I'm not trying to make excuses here. Yeah. But we all know that Carl Sheffers played a magnificent portion in that. Yeah. He he literally was carrying the Texans down the field with horrific penalties. Sure, but that we, game we, should not we, have been close. Oh, even with the bad, I mean, even with there, the two turnovers. Some, I mean, there were some good calls. Yeah. I, we can't say they were terrible. Please calls. name them. Dude, Carl Sheffers was awful in that game. You know that he might not officiate a playoff game this year? He's paid to be awful. But, yeah, I, I, this is – I don't know, man. This this is just a Raiders game. You know what I mean? We tend to have – we won by one point last time. I know there was bad things that they did not – we had bad breaks in that one. We dug ourselves in a 17-point hole. But at the same time, this is a team that's playing – you know, this is, a, this is a quarterback who just had a really impressive performance against the Niners defense, regardless if the film is out there or not. 
They still have an elite receiver. They still have an elite tight end, one healthy. They still have arguably the best running back in the football in football this year. I think I think points in our defense has shown outside of that Seahawks game recently, which was an incredible performance against a really good offense as well. Unless we have a performance similar to that and we get after Stidham, which I think we will get after Stidham. I think we will. The second, our secondary is still suspect if we're not getting pressures on the opposing quarterbacks. So I think this could be a long game. And we I think this will him, be a competitive yeah, game. And we saw how him and uh, Devontae Adams connected last week. Yeah. They were cooking. They That's were something both, to build on. And, and like I said, this is a job that he's playing for a job. Yeah. He could be their guy for the future. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and McDaniels did go out of his way to, to retain Stidham and go get him. You know what I mean? So it, it, there, sometimes there's just a, a connection between the coach. And I, don't know, I think we're gloating way too much on Stidham Thank right you. now. I know that. I know that. But th- this is the matchup at hand, and we got to talk about it. So yeah. I, I do think that performance was 100% overrated just, be, just off mathematics because typically you don't. Put, that just doesn't. I don't think Stidham's going to be some kind of stud in this league. I don't. Yeah. But the fact I respect Devontae Adam, I, I respect uh, 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 Josh Jacobs and, and and the other weapons on the, and Waller and those guys. Listen, man, we we, we our defense likes to keep game, games close. And I, I mean, if, as long as we clean, play a clean game, we don't have way too many uh, 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 we don't have way too many penalties against us because there's th- these games between the Raiders and Chiefs tend to have a lot of penalties, and it's really really frustrating. Uh, both sides, both sides seem to have a lot of penalties. Um, so if we clean that up, and we do not turn the ball over. I think we, it's an ass whooping. But unfortunately, we don't. We have not done that this year. Outside of a couple games, we do not have play clean games. We don't have low penalties consistently, and we don't have. We yet to have a string along three games where we don't have a turnover. That's fucking frustrating as a Chiefs fan because we know how good we are. We know how much better we are than the Raiders. But unfortunately, it's going to be a close game. I believe we're going to win. But I just it's just going to be one of those games where we're going to sit on the couch like, bro, we should be blowing these guys out like we do every week. But we're not. And we're going to keep this game close. So it's going to be within seven most of the, most of the way. Um, and Stidham's probably going to have a good stat line. You know, Patrick Mahomes is going to ball out at the end of the night. It's going to look like Patrick Mahomes. We should have blown them out. But somehow we're going to keep this game close. Uh, but I'm confident in Chiefs win, though. Well, th- this is this is where I'll, I'll say, because uh, we're going to get the key players in just a second. Two reasons why I actually I, I'm gonna pr- push back because I know it feels like Trevor and I are always on opposite ends of this. I like how the game's gonna go. Trevor will call a blowout. I think it's gonna be close. I think the opposition scores a bunch of points. Trevor doesn't think that. Yeah. I'm gonna be on the opposite end of this. I, I one think of us is gonna be right. I think the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are facing a backup quarterback this week. Yep. And I think that we've seen more times than not this season when the Chiefs have played backup quarterbacks, they've beaten the shit out of them. I mean, let's be real. Malik Willis. Yeah, I was going to say Malik Willis. That game. He, he was terrible. He was terrible in that yeah, game. Yeah. Uh, the uh, was it the Rams quarterback Bryce Perkins. Yeah, horrible in that game. Chiefs just. I mean, it was. I think the Chiefs are going. to – I think the defense is going to play really well t- this week. Brandon Stidham is much better, also, I think, than those guys. But he looks that way. But he could very well have a horrific game in this one, possibly. Um, because the Chiefs actually have film on him. That's the whole defense. Like I said, you play the 49ers again, they're blowing that dude out. Um, here's the here's the two factors. The Chiefs are fifteen and zero against the AFC West on road games. This and yeah, Patrick Mahomes' career on the road to the Raiders. In his career against the Raiders, yeah. the Chiefs are eight and one. Mm. Completes sixty five percent of his passes, averages three hundred fifteen yards per game, twenty eight total touchdowns, so only three interceptions, eight point three yards per attempt with a one thirteen quarterback rating. Those numbers are not going to dip this week. This defense does not have, like I said, they're, they're, what. Think about how many weapons Patrick's going to have in this game. He didn't have Kadarius Tony the first time he played. Like Trevor said, Pacheco wasn't a thing yet. Jerick McKinnon wasn't playing the way he was playing. They had to have Travis Kelsey do literally everything in the end zone in that game. Now they're going to have five, six deep in this one. Yep. I don't. And the Chiefs still scored thirty in that game. So 
I, I, I don't see a scenario where the Raiders are going to be able to slow the Chiefs' offensive attack down, especially with the Chiefs coming in this game, knowing how much is riding on this game. Unless there's horrific officiating, which there might be. That's the only way I see this game getting close. Because I just don't see Jared Stidham trading blows with Patrick Mahomes. I just don't see it. Well, yeah. With Brock Purdy on a, on a short a week where the team doesn't have film on you, sure. Yeah. Not think, against Patrick Mahomes. Think about it as, as you're scaling two things out here. We're weighing out two different types of momentum. You got the Raiders with the momentum of just playing the, the party pooper for the Chiefs in the seeding situation. And their season's over after the fact. Or... Patrick Mahomes solidifying the MVP and solidifying the one seed. Right. Which one's more motivating? Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, so talk about the talent difference as well. But yeah. So let's uh, let's get let's get to key players here. When it comes to the offensive side of things, I'm going to finally mention this guy, even though I give him a ton of credit on Twitter, but I just have not made him a matchup guy yet. I'm going to do it this week. Clutch McKinnon, man. I think Jarek McKinnon is going to have another game where he scores another touchdown. I don't know if it's going to be receiving. I don't know if it's going to be rushing. I would love it to be receiving because it would extend the record he just set. Hmm, both. He, he has he has five straight games with at least one receiving touchdown. That is an NFL record for a running back. Stupid. He has more receiving touchdowns this season than Tyreek Hill. Stupid. And, he's, so and he stupid. has 63 fewer receptions than Tyreek Hill. And didn't even so, start getting becoming a thing until halfway through the year. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I think I, I don't think it's a fluke. Jerk McKinnon did this last the playoff run Damian where he was an before. MVP candidate. Yeah, yeah, he went on a, a Damian Williams type of run. Yep. Shout out to Shaggy Shane because I know he loves hearing that that mention. <laughs> I, I think Jared McKinnon has another game, guys, where he influences the outcome of this one. I wouldn't be shocked at all if he gets six, seven receptions for 85 yards and a touchdown. Would not be shocked because Patrick Mahomes loves dumping the ball off them, and he creates plays with his feet. They love getting Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey and those blocking guys out there field. in the front, blocking them and letting them get in the, in the goal line. Uh, to, to, to add just a little, like, uh, sprinkle on the offensive side, wouldn't be surprised if they get McCole Hardman a touchdown as he comes back. Wouldn't be surprised if Kadarius Tony has another big game. I think, like I said, guys, I think the ball is going to be spread around, and I think they also want to go for that record because uh, Patrick Mahomes is one behind the record now for most for most players with a receiving touchdown on their team. It's he has twelve right now. The record's thirteen. I don't know who he'd have to throw the ball to in order to get that record, but I would see if maybe they would try to get that incentivized. Maybe throw it to an offensive lineman on the on the plays where they have to mm. let them know that they're free. And throw it out to like a like an Orlando Brown Jr. or something like that. Blake Bell got one last week. Yeah, his first game. Back. Yeah, Noah Gray's got one. Justin Watson's got one. So they're gonna have to really scrape the bottom of the barrel to throw a touchdown to somebody. I don't think Isaiah Pacheco's caught a touchdown this season. No. no. I don't think so. They may get a Pacheco down touchdown, something like that, maybe. So those that, that's Rojo? what Rojo hasn't caught a touchdown. Rojo doesn't have a touchdown yet. So maybe we see some Rojo this week. I don't know, man. Like I said, I think they might. Maybe Andy Reid gets on the field and you know catches. Hey, and here's a crazier thing. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes could be the only quarterback in the history of the NFL to have over 5,000 yards in a season without a 1,000-yard receiver. Yeah. that wild to think about? Like, tra technically, Travis Kelsey is a receiving option, but he's a tight end. He's not a receiver, though, yeah. So he's not a receiver. So Patrick Mahomes would be the first quarterback ever. I think uh, Juju needs like 145 yards, something like that, to get to 1,000. That'd be yeah. wild as hell. So there's some records to be there. I think that's. I think, I think. think this is a game, though, where Jarek McKinnon just keeps the trend going. I just don't see how he slows down. He's too. He's just too effective. He's doing it against great defense like the Broncos in multiple games. Why won't he do that against the Raiders? I just yeah. don't see it. Um, my defensive player, guys... So I've been I've been scrambling this one down. I, I I've been giving the front seven a lot of credit, and they've been coming up big. I'm gonna I I think that's the that's the way you want to go about it. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Nick Bolton a game. I think he guys, you know that he is third in the league right now in in uh, solo tackles. He's second in the league in combined tackles, and he's the only 
player in the NFL that is in the top 25 in tackles, solo and combined, mm-hmm. that's 22 or 23 or under the age of 23. This man has an opportunity to finish this season number two in tackles this season. He's already pacing Derek Johnson to to be the number one tackling leader in Chiefs history. And if Josh Jacobs plays in this game, you're going to need your middle linebacker to make some tackles. And I think I think Nick Bolton's going to have 12 to 15 tackles in this game. Well, especially if Josh Jacobs, yeah, especially if Josh Jacobs plays, you're going to need that much more. I'll make a prediction. I think Nick Bolton forces a fumble in this game. Mm. I think he hits somebody and the ball comes out. Chiefs get an extra possession. I mean, I'm going to go Hunter ahead and make Renfro, the is good at that, so I mean that's a possibility. So, it could be Darren Waller. <laughs> Saw that Arizona game. It could game. be Darren Waller coming across the middle. It could be. I, yeah. I, I don't know who it's going to be. I just think that Nick Bolton's going to make a big play in this game. I think he's going to have at least 12 tackles in this game, and I'm going to say he has a fumble in this one and gets himself an All-Pro season because I think he's an All-Pro. Yeah. I think he's one of the five best linebackers in football, middle snubbed. linebackers in the, in the league right now. Yeah. He does not get enough credit for what he does. He's a tackling machine, a, a throwback. Yep. He plays like the 1990s linebackers. I love this guy. Yep. So those are my two. Trevor, who are yours? I mean, we, we, we touched on it already, man. A guy we were without, a guy that was not a part of this roster the first time he faced off here. And I think he's the 100% the X factor um, into this passing game, and that is Kadarius Toney. I think this the matchup with that secondary is frightening. They have no one that can hold this guy. The way he – his shiftiness and the, what he was he's able to do on corners and the – and you can he's a guy that you can we saw it last week that that catch down the on the down the sideline the get up and get it ball his ability to stop and jump up and get the 50-50 balls um, we've seen this guy have adjust his his gloves before the catch when the ball's midair and get up and get the ball the guy has this just this sauce about a man the, the swagger he plays with um, i think he's going to shred this secondary i think this is a Kendarius Tony game uh, i know it's yards? It, Yes, I oh. think I think this is his best game as a Chief. Okay, and I know he's already scored two touchdowns in this, in, in, but he hasn't had that big blow up game yet. He had seventy one last week. Yeah, so, so. He, he was pushing. I yeah. think I think he takes that and, and adds on to this. I, I think like this, that. This is a perfect. And think about it. What better way to get him post and ready for the postseason, uh, and to get that those juices going for him to really get that confidence going for him in this offense, whether that than to have him go off against the Raiders and put this season to bed uh, on a very high note for the newest addition to this offense, who already has a multiple touch, who already has multiple touchdowns on this offense with you know very he's produced on limited basis. He hasn't been hasn't had a ton of targets yet. You know he hasn't had a, a, a double digit target game yet. Like. I just think this is a game where we're gonna we're gonna call upon him, and it, we know how effective he's already been in the red zone, right? You know, I mean, he, with uh, in round plays and, and jet sweeps with him already, um, the trust that Pat already has in him, uh, I think is just gonna grow. And I think this is the the, the the game that he just absolutely goes off and prepares his uh, his psyche and his momentum for the postseason. I think we're gonna need him, um, and I think that starts here. I, and I don't think I don't think McColl plays much at all. I know McColl has a chance, obviously, to score every single time he's on this roster and, and on a full active on this roster heading into any matchup the guy just knows how to find the end zone and I think that uh, I think I think um Kadarius Tony's going to take over that mantle this week especially I think it could be a multiple touchdown 100 plus yard game for uh, Kadarius Tony I think he absolutely goes off um I think he's the worst possible matchup outside of Travis Kelsey is the absolute worst matchup for the secondary um he, he always eats the Raiders alive um so it could definitely be a Travis Kelsey game it could be both of them um I think Patrick Mahomes is going to throw over 300 yards and have multiple scores three to four touchdown passes so they both can absolutely eat and go off in this game, but um, this just was like Darius Tony is just going to absolutely pick up where he left off in that last matchup last week um, and just build upon that. So I'm confident in him to go off this week. Um, defensively, I'm just going to I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to stick with Furious George here. I think he's been 
absolutely gaining traction on that division. You see it every week. The guy just continues to gain confidence in, in himself. Um, you can tell he's been learning from his peers, learning from his the veteran uh, players like Frank Clark, who's been playing well this season as well. Learning from those guys. He's developing new moves and just more confidence. He's been batting a lot of balls down, uh, getting to the quarterback more consistently, just gaining confidence in himself. And that's what you want to see, man. Uh, he's no longer a rookie at this point, as as you know, uh, uh, Justin Reed has made it clear uh, that nobody on this nobody on this secondary, nobody on that defensive line, nobody on this roster is a, a, that were uh, drafted this past uh, draft is a rookie anymore. You know, these guys are now veterans. We're heading into that latter part of the year, going into the postseason where we need you the most. And I think I think he's going to rise to the occasion. Um, I think he gets a sack here. Um, I think he has a batted ball as well. Um, he's done nothing but show me that I can have confidence in that confidence in that moving forward. Um, and I think our defensive line really, really gets after this bad offensive line of the Raiders that overperformed last week against a really good defensive line. And I think we, we see that and we're ready for that. We're not going to let that happen to us. We're not going to let ourselves go into a hole based on the last matchup. I think we come out prepared and I think our defensive line really gets after it. And I think George Karloftis is going to be a big part of that. So I'm going with George there. All right. From my off- offensive player of uh, this game, I'm going to go with uh, Juju. I think yeah. this is a Juju game. Uh, I think Andy Reid knows it. I mm. think Patrick Mahomes knows it. They want to get that a thousand yards for Juju. Mm. They want to get him paid next year. Uh, I, I think that's what's going to happen. I think uh, we we all know that Andy Reid loves records, break loves breaking records. Uh, so we're going to see a lot of passing for Patrick Mahomes. We're going to try, we're going to see Patrick Mahomes uh, trying to break the record. I don't think he's going to, but we're we're going to see the Chiefs uh, try and give Patrick Mahomes those uh, those records. I, I think they're going to have. Uh, Quite a few shots down the field. Uh, try and go with the deep ball early. Uh, I think he might end up with a pick or two, but I, uh, I, I do expect Juju to catch uh, quite a bit of passes and and uh, take one to the house. He's had multiple double target, double digit target games and yes. double digit and, catching and games. So I, 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 I love uh, I love the the Kadarius Tony uh, mm. pick. Uh, that was my pick, but I was like. I think Juju. Either one of them. Can, yeah, I think yeah. Juju, especially him chasing the 1,000 1, yards, him chasing the payday next uh, next mm-hmm. season, especially going into the playoffs. You want to get your players as as, yep. as 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 best mindset going into the playoffs. So him and Patrick Mahomes, the way they've been connecting in the in the, the last few weeks it, since he came back, they've been slowly coming back to what they were going uh, in the direction they were going, and and I think that they're reaching to that point where they were before his uh, concussion. So I think uh, Juju's going to have a, a, a really big game against uh, the Raiders, maybe catching one or two touchdowns this game. Uh, defensive player of the game, I'm uh, our, our key player, I'm going to go with uh, Snead in this one. I think I think if him, you put him on Devontae Adams, I think you can uh, – it's going to be it's gonna be t- a tough task for Snead, but I think if you put anybody on, uh, on Devontae Adams, I think it has to be Snead. I think he's the guy that could not lock him down, but could definitely uh, interfere in in, uh, in Adams making big plays, making spectacular catches. That uh, catches. So I think Snead could have a, a a really big game and uh, not let Devonte Adams uh, just run away with the uh, with the art and stuff like that. So uh, as long as it's Snead. not Joshua Williams on the island, I'm good. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Which so. right against top receivers please don't do that well you know this is the final game of the season for the regular season i should say the party's just getting started the playoffs are about to start the chiefs have been uh doing everything they can to make 
make a, a, a point and, and, and make an, emph- an, an emphatic point that losing Tyreek Hill was not going to change things. In, in fact, they're just going to get better from this point on. Uh, many people have this as a rebuilding year. The Chiefs took it the opposite direction and are looking to be the one seed in the AFC again for the third time in the last five years. There have been three games this season where the Chiefs have scored over 40 points. All three of those games had McCole Hardman in it. Now, again, he probably will be a limited participant in this game, but he will be playing, which changes the entire dynamics of this offense. They lost Tyree Kill and what he's able to do with his feet, with his hands and all those things, but that made McCole Hardman that much more of a valuable player and commodity this season since Tyreek was gone. And he rose to the occasion. He's rose to the occasion. I think the Chiefs are going to match their season to- high of, of points in this game. I think they're going to score 44 points in this game. I think they're going to come out and say, look, we started the season with a 44-point burger on, on the Cardinals. We came out and we let everybody know we're here. Tyreek's gone. Let's sandwich it. We're coming out. We went to the 49ers, put 41 on their, or 44 on their asses. Went to Tampa Bay, put 41 on their asses. We're ending this season against the, the Las Vegas Raiders with a backup quarterback, and we're going to put 44 points up on these motherfuckers. Love it. I'm going to predict the Chiefs win this game 44-24. to 24. I think there's going to be some garbage time points for the Raiders because I don't, I'm don't. i not expecting Sidham to have a great game. And I think the Chiefs are going to go out there and make a statement. It pisses me off the way they do this. Trust me, guys. I was expecting games to be much better than what they were at the end. And they pull out victories that were unnecessarily stressful. But we've seen it now three times this season. When they wanted to go out there and make a statement, they went and did it. And I think they're going to, like Trevor said, this is going to be like a bookend situation. Start the season this way, you end the season this way. And it's a total Andy Reid thing to do. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to get that single season yardage record. I think he's going to get potentially that 13th touchdown to a 13th player. Mm. And maybe Juju gets that. That would be awesome to see. I would love to see him get that 1,000. But selfishly, it would be kind of cool to see Patrick Mahomes be that quarterback that gets the 5,000-plus yards without a single 1,000-yard receiver. That's a cool little notch. But I'd love to see Juju get paid if, in fact, that is an incentive in his contract. But I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win this game handily by 20 points, 44 to 24. Trevor, what's your score? I actually have the Chiefs in the 40s as well. I have a scoring 40 points. Um, I, I I don't think this, this the, the defense of the Raiders has any chance. They 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 took advantage of a young, uh, inexperienced quarterback last week who's a part of a very good offense. Um, struggled early. Uh, made some mistakes finally. He was pretty much spotless for so far with Brock Purdy, who I'm talking about. So, um that was a fun game. Uh, the Raiders had their – they kind of blew their load in that one. They still fell short. Um, I am expecting points to be scored in this game. I have us winning by 10, but I have us winning 40 to 30. Um, I, I just think the offense of weapons of the Raiders is just too good, I, and we, we tend to allow points to be scored for some reason. Um, but I do think we go out there and we have – I think Pacheco has a chance to run one in. I think McKinnon has a chance to score a receiving touchdown. I think Juju has a chance to receive a score. Uh, score. I think Travis Kelsey can receive a score. Is very likely – probably the most likely player on our offense to score this week. And obviously my pick, Kadarius Tony, I think is going to go out there and absolutely destroy the secondary and shred them. I think he's going to go off. So I think I – think Patrick Mahomes having four or five touchdown passes is not out the realm. Um, I, I definitely think we win handily. I think we win by 10. Um, I think we win 40 to 30. And I think Patrick Mahomes absolutely very, comes very close to that record, but he falls a slightly short. But our off, the offensive, the total offense record is very much going to be yeah. taken care of. 
Well, I guess we're uh, we're we're seeing a complete different game. Uh, I got the Chiefs uh, beating the Raiders 28-24. I do think it's going to be a much much closer game than expected. Uh, I I see you guys uh, having uh, the Chiefs scoring 40. I I just don't see it. Like I said, I think they're going to come out make a couple mistakes. The Chiefs love chasing records. I think that's what Andy Reid does, and I think it's going to lead to some mistakes early in the game. Uh, trying to force the deep ball, trying to get Patrick Mahomes to break that record. Uh, it's going to cost the ball to turn the ball over. It's going to let the, the, the Raiders uh, drive down the field, score a couple touchdowns. So it's going to be it's going to be a, a good close game. So uh, I got the Chiefs winning 28-24. All right. That is our prediction for this week, the final week of the, the NFL regular season. Let us know what you guys think about this matchup. Do you see it going a different way? Do you agree more with Eddie that it'll be a little more close, nail-biter type of game? Uh, I think Trevor and I are right that they're gonna, the Chiefs are going to put up a lot of points in this one. You guys let us know, and we'd love to hear from you guys in the chat on YouTube. Let us know what you guys think. We have one more order of business to get to, guys, for the 200th time. What is it called? Hold this L. Each and every week, we finish off every single episode in a, with a series of L's in the world of sports. Whether those L's are friendly or not so friendly L's in the world of sports, we promise you, who is ever holding those L's in the world of sports, deserve those L's in the world of sports. Mr. Eddie Ortiz, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo, for the 200th time, who's holding the L for you this week, and why is it F1? <laughs> not F1. I'm going to give it to the NFL. Why am I going to give it to the NFL for what we literally talked about early in the show, there's just no no explanation for it. The, the rules are there. The rules are there for a reason. The rules are there for this specific reason. Uh, we can't let emotions get the best of us because uh, th- that, that's when we make uh, bad choices a lot of the times because of, uh, emotion, 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 emotionally driven. And I think this is one of those instances where I think emotions got the best of the NFL, uh, Roger Goodell, and and every NFL uh, fan team, uh, and it, it cost the NFL to to do something that not a lot of pe- not a lot of people are a big fan of. Uh, I didn't like it. Uh, I think that if the Bills didn't want to play the game, I think the Bills should have forfeited that game, uh, taking the L for that. Uh, I respect I respect the the Bills not wanting to play. Obviously, if I was a player, I wouldn't want to play either. But that that happened to my teammate. But at 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 the end of the day, you have to maintain uh, your uh, how uh, fuck I lost the word integrity. Integrity. Uh, you have to maintain that integrity in the sport. Uh, it does suck. But like I said, uh, Christian Erickson, same thing happened. Where they had to revive him in the, on the field. Yep. The game was played later on that day. Uh, it sucks. It really does suck. But at the end of the day, it, it, it's a business as well. You have to you have to look at that aspect as well. It's a business. Uh, so, I just I just think they made the wrong decisions. Uh, they should have just went by win percentages. Should have just stuck to like the true seedings, and uh, give the one seed the one seed, two seed, two seed. Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna give the Bengals the title, let them host that game in the playoffs. Don't don't fucking go to a coin toss. There's no there's no need for that. And for the owners to approve that today, it's I, insulting. I, I, I just don't, I don't see how. I think they just needed like nine nine owners to vote against it or something like that. They would have to redo uh, reduce the uh, redo the the thing. But for the owners to go in there and approve this is. It, it, it's it's tough. It's stupid. Uh, 
I don't see it. If you're going to do a neutral site for the AFC Championship game, like Trevor said, I think you should do it for the NFC Championship game as well. It's only fair. Because this is only unfair to certain teams. So, yeah. I mean, there's not much. We talked about it earlier. They just they have to have to uh, get an L for that. So, for that reason, NFL, you're going to have to do me a favor and uh, hold, hold this L. L. Trevor Twidwell, who's holding the L for you this week? Yeah, so the DeMar Hamlin news has been obviously making its rounds everywhere. TV, any damn near any, you know, Morning show, any talking head show, anything that's news station, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's talking about it because it obviously took the world by storm, uh, especially the U.S. with the NFL being, you know, the king. Um, my personal favorite show, uh, The View, um, Joy Behar, and it's obviously that's a joke. No, uh, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> if, any, if, anyone, if anyone knows my sarcasm, yes, I, my favorite show is not The View. Um, it's too somehow, late for that shit. Somehow bro. it's still a show. Um, it's remained afloat somehow. Um, well, it's it's remained afloat somehow due to the, due to comments and 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 uh, uh, takes as such um, from the the views. Joy Behar is getting obviously getting slammed on Twitter um, for her quote. Here, I'll read it to you. The um, the dangers of contact sports are being widely discussed at the moment, given the shocking incident involving the Buffalo Bills safety Demar Hamlin on Monday night, and as such, Behar opted to weigh in. Forty five percent of Americans think that this is her end quote. Uh, 45% of Americans think that tackle football is appropriate, end quote. She said during Wednesday's episode of The View, quote, heterosexual men voted the most, most support for kids doing football, and conservatives were most likely to support youth tackle football, just saying, end quote. <clears throat> Behar also suggested, that, also suggested that anyone wanting to engage in sports should stick to golf or tennis. I'm just going to kind of end it there. Um... I think you guys can kind of make up your own takes on whatever it is, trying to politicize for one, trying to make it a conservative thing, and also make it a heterosexual male issue. When heterosexual males, I'm not going to dive too far into this, heterosexual males are the reason, I'm going to say it, are the reason females even have a chance to play professional sports because of that. Because of the lending of the NBA to the WNBA, there would be no WNBA without the NBA. It is is what it is. It's the facts of reality. It's 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 created endless amounts of jobs. It's created so much more for the, for the economy in this country. The NFL doing what it is and becoming the entity that it is and the the money tree that it is for the entire nation uh, is what it is because of these heterosexual males that you're trying to dismantle and belittle because of a absolutely anomaly injury that happened in a, a contact sport. Never once have we seen anything like this in any sport outside of that issue. With But that issue in the soccer game was strained by himself. It wasn't like he took a massive hit to right. the chest. This is a... The, Hamlin got hit in the chest at just the right time in the middle between his heart rhythms to stop his heart. It's just an absolute anomalous freak accident that happened. I just have a massive problem with Obviously, I don't have to dive into what she said was absolutely, absolutely ridiculous and asinine. To sexual male issue, um, and the the fact that the view is actually diving into the NFL takes and trying to make it into something that it's not is just hilarious to me. So I just want to thank the view and other shows that have tried to 
create a new narrative to this absolutely for what their this family is actually going through the reality of the situation the life and death situation that is we're going to try to make it a political issue and try to make it a toxic masculinity issue is just i love it this this one just struck my nerve because i i i, I just i i I love the, I see the comedy in these kind of things. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was absolutely L worthy. So for that, Joy Behar and The View, do me a solid and hold this L. I guess I'd like to know who we blame. Stick to your views. I would like to know who we blame for the Kim, uh, keeping up with the Kardashians ever being a thing. Yeah, I, I mean, you know what I mean? It's just, I just, politicizing. The choice to publicly po politicize we'll this OJ issue for the Kardashians. is just Fuck hilarious that. to me, bro. So, yeah. Couldn't help myself. I, I know you guys are aware of uh, the term read the room or understand the temperature of the room. Mm. And I'm glad you brought up the DeMar Hamlin situation because the moment that took place, as I said at the top of the show, the first thing I'm thinking and the first thing I'm feeling is, oh, my God, like, please be okay. Because we talk about this all the time. I don't care what team you play for. I don't care what sport you play. Mm. If I see an injured athlete, my heart hurts, man, because that's a human being at the end of the day. Fuck whatever's going on in that field. That is a person. They have family. They have to walk off that field or get carted off that field or driven off that field and deal with life. And sure, we focus on football. We focus on other sports. They got to focus on getting better or staying alive, mm -hmm. which is why when Skip Bayless opened his mouth this week, being the person that he is, it shouldn't really shock any of us because this is just what he's known to be, is somebody that doesn't know how to read the room, doesn't know how to, to, to gauge the temperature of a room, and instead is fixated on getting himself attention. So me even doing this is doing what he wanted all along, but I can't help but present this, especially on our 200th episode, because Skip Bayless stands for everything that we stand against, or we, we, are, we are on complete opposite ends here, because although we get energetic and we get flamboyant in our takes and stuff like that, like I, I can honestly say, from my point of view, knowing Trevor Nettie as well as I do, we don't give takes on this show to get reaction. It just happens sometimes. On my Twitter, I tweet a lot. I got a lot of followers on Twitter. I have never once tweeted stuff just to garner attention. It is what I believe. It is what I feel. And unfortunately, 71-year-old pale raisin Skip Bayless doesn't understand the, the, the situation for what it is. That a man was on the field that literally died and was dying on the way to the hospital, died again at the hospital. Instead of talking about that and just leaving it at that and worried about that and not talking about the game because at that point the game did not matter for the rest of that night, Skip Bayless instead tweets out, quote, no doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game, but how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, dot, 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 which suddenly seems so irrelevant, end quote. And I love that he put that at the end, which seems so irrelevant, but yet he just spent that tweet talking about, well, how's the NFL going to do this? If it's irrelevant, mm. leave it in irrelevance. We don't need to talk about that right now. That's not important. What's important is making sure this man survives. So we don't need to talk about what the NFL is going to do about this game. That doesn't matter. And it got so bad 
the next day on Undisputed, and I and I admit I do watch it from time to time because uh, I'm a big fan of Shannon Sharp. I, I really love the fact that he goes up there as a former player. He's one of the few former players that I think is 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 just as good or ju- right at the same level of being good on TV as he was in his NFL career. He's an entertainer, man. Ryan Clark's pretty good. Uh, there's other guys uh, that I think from time to time are pretty good at what they do as well. But Shannon's one of the best. Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw. He's he's hilarious. Old yes. like like your old uncle, but. Mm-hmm. Howie Long, guys like that, Michael Strahan are incredible. All those guys are awesome. My point is, it was as soon as I saw Undisputed show up, and it was just Skip Bayless with Jen Hale introducing him, and they said that Shannon's out today, and I can't wait to have my brother back tomorrow. <laughs> I immediately tweeted, Shannon Sharp not being here today tells me everything we needed to know. And people were telling me, oh, no, it's he had a his grandson. He's He's gone for this reason or that reason. Guys, I don't remember the last time Shannon Sharp just missed a show on Undisputed. And you can't tell me it was a coincidence. And what do you know? Wednesday, two days after, or the day after he had missed, this happened, (laughs) the very opening act of Undisputed. There's been a lot of speculation of why I wasn't on air yesterday, and I won't get into speculation or conjecture or innuendo, but I will say this. In watching that game on Monday night, uh, what happened to DeMar Hamlin struck me a little different. Uh, as a brotherhood in the NFL, when injuries happen, when we know injuries are a part of the game, I've seen guys suffer ACLs and Achilles tear, but I've never seen anybody have to be revived and fight for their life on the field. So they struck me a little differently because I remember seeing my brother paralyzed on the field temporarily and he was able to regain focus. Um, Skip tweeted something, and although I disagree with the tweet, uh, and, and uh, hopefully uh, Skip would take it down, but I didn't want it. Well, yep. Time out, time out. I'm not going to take it down because okay. I stand by okay. what I tweeted. Skip, let me okay. finish. Let me, All right, okay. Go ahead. No, you go. Go ahead, let's go, Jen. Okay. I mean, I cannot even get through a monologue without you interrupting okay. me. Well, you could have came back, Skip. Well, I thought, Skip, just let me. I, 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 I was going to bring up. No, no, I was just going to say, Skip, I didn't want to yesterday to get into a situation where DeMar Hamlin was the issue. We should have been talking about him and not get into okay. your not get into your, t- uh, your tweet. That's what I was going to do. But you can't even let me finish my opening monologue without you interrupting, okay? I was under the impression you weren't going to bring this up because nobody here had a problem with no, that tweet. No. Clearly, the bosses wanted you to offer explanations, so clearly... No, they did not have... Nobody... Let's go, Jen. Thoughts and prayers remain with Tamar Hamlin. That's where the focus should have been, and not on the football game. Yes, let's go, Jen. Thank you. Damn. That's embarrassing. That that is embarrassing to the 10th degree because of the fact... I mean, where do we even begin on this? I mean, Shannon Sharp, former NFL player... Who saw his brother, as he alluded to in that brief portion before he got interrupted by dipshit, um, was talking about how his brother was paralyzed on the field and how this hit him at home and it disturbed him greatly. And I'm trying to put myself in that position. Like, being on a TV show daily with a guy that's already a pain in the ass that nobody wants to work with, but you make really good money having to deal with this shit that it's almost worth it. Seeing that tweet after what just happened on that field, knowing what you've experienced in your personal career and your brother's career, I don't know how Shannon, I don't know how Shannon does it. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he puts up with it. And this this was not. I know people are like, oh, it's staged. I don't believe it was. 
I think this was real. I think Shannon was legitimate pissed. I think he took that day off because he didn't want to be with Skip and wanted Skip to be on that plank by himself to have to answer for all that shit and embarrassingly have to read those tweets all day, which was half-hearted. It's like Skip struggles to be a human. It's weird. The, the, the deep sighs and the fake remorse. It's Tapping disgusting. Paper, yeah. yeah. Shit's annoying. So. It's so annoying. It's, just, you, it's like he looks like an alien in a human body like trying to act normal. It's Everything he does is awkward. And it... The funniest part about it is, is this got so bad, the greatest show in sports, NBA on TNT, had themselves some fun on this last night. Everything good, things starting out 2023 just as they ended 2022. Hey, 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 I'm sick of you, man. What? I'm sick of you. What happened? You interrupted Ernie already. The first show of the year, you already interrupted him. Can he finish his monologue? Stop. <laughs> okay, I got it. Hey, here's the YouTube too. So I didn't see the show. I saw it. Here's the new year out there. Everybody had Chuck at it already. Easy. I bet the right. We better get caught off your right, bro. Mama, I'm coming home. I'm not taking my tweet now. I'm not taking my tweet now. I believe what I hear. Where's that tape? Talk about you want to talk about the Joker. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. It's the right, No, because every time I want to talk, you want to interrupt me. Will you, will you allow him to talk about the Jokers for you know, how, you know how much your mom means to me. Right. And I just want to say, man, between the Papa John and the General, man, putting her in commercials is really awesome. Go ahead. She loves you, too. Yeah, she's awesome. She loves you. I don't. Be nice if you put me in. Okay. And Ernie. Trust me. I know. I just like Shannon. I know it's like to work with somebody you hate. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good, bro. See, we laugh about that, but in all seriousness, and I want to keep it to, to that. I'm, I'm bringing that part of it up because obviously that's hilarious, and those guys are the best at what they do. Chuck, Shaq, Kenny, yeah, and Ernie. The best. But that's – think about how embarrassing that is. I understand that FS1 is making a ton off the, the ratings of what that what just took place between Skip and Shannon. Yeah. But, but there's got to be some – like we talk about the NFL having its integrity. As a network, you have to have some integrity too. And, and 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 let's not pretend like this isn't the first time Skip's done something just horrific. I mean, go back to when he was trying to accuse Troy Aikman of being a homosexual for no reason. Just tone deaf. Just yeah, uh, talking about Dak Prescott now maybe being a true leader because of the fact that he was talking about how he's depressed when his brother killed himself. Yeah. Uh, talking about Mike McCarthy's weight and how he wouldn't want him to be a head coach because he's fat. Uh, and then all, just a few weeks ago, talking about Shannon Sharp and how you'll never be Tom Brady disrespecting the Hall of Famer sitting across. To the point where Shannon took his glass off, which means that dude was about to light him up like a Christmas tree. Like, all these things, FS1 just keeps letting this this dipshit go out there and embarrass their network each and every day. I don't understand why. Like, what, what is it going to take for this man to finally get what he deserves? It's an embarrassment of ratings. And I'm not somebody that like likes seeing people get fired and stuff, but, I mean, eventually you got to cut ties with this this clown man because he's causing problems to the point where Jenny Taft had to leave that show and then she coincidentally the next day put a video of her and Shannon Sharp and says I miss my friend Shannon Sharp Carrie Champions talked about it Joy Taylor's talked about it like one after another of these former people Stephen A. Smith that I talk about it how many more people got to go through this shit it's to the point where other networks Turner Sports is laughing at you making fun of you for entire segments <coughs> it's abysmal so this you know what it's this this L isn't even for Skip Bayless. This L is for FS1 for allowing this shit to go down. FS1, be better, man. For Christ's sake, man. You guys can do so much better than this shit. Mm. 
support Shannon Sharp for what he's doing, which is helping you guys carry some integrity into these shows. Do me a solid FS1 and hold this L. Episode 200, baby. Yeah, man. 200. It's late as hell, and it's <laughs> I, I want to be in bed right now, but you know what, dude? In all seriousness, I love doing this more than anything else. I, I really do. Like, getting to talk sports with my brother, one of my best friends here, Eddie. 200, I, I mean, it feels like it, but it doesn't at the same time. It feels like it has flown by, but I, I can, like, reminisce on a lot of different stages and phases of what we've been through as a show. Um, I'm proud of this. I really am. And I, I know you guys are, too. I know Clay is, and I know the viewing audience. I've heard a lot of people say congratulations and stuff. I appreciate that, but we love this, man. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I knew we would get here. I wasn't, I wasn't afraid of that or worried about that. But it's just something to definitely, you know, relish on. And we appreciate all you guys. It means a lot that we have the support we do on our social media platforms and on here. So, uh, thank you guys so much. It's been a, it's been a, a rough, a rough year, especially at the tail end. But being able to do this to start 2023, uh, that's the way I like to start this year. That's the way I'd like to start a new year is being able to do episode 200 on the show that I. I very much take pride in hosting and being a part of this with my with my guys here and being a part of this with you guys every single week. So with that, here's to the next 200. <laughs> That's the way I see it, dude. We, yeah. we, we got a good thing going here, and I can't wait to see what's next. But in the meantime, for the great Trevor Twidwell, for the awesome Eddie Ortiz, and for the GOAT Clay Windler that puts all this together on the back end, I'm Lance Twidwell. Episode 200 is done, finished, and finito. And until we're here talking about the Chiefs getting a first round bye in episode 201 in one week's time, we out of this bitch. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned into the spoke. I might actually stick. I might actually stick around for a little bit.